Kingsway, yeah, rather than oh, Meadowside. Yeah, yeah. And I was w- working on um, in women's publication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was working on my weekly. Mm-hmm. But the idea was to get in with DC Thompson. I moved to Dundee originally because I wanted to do comics. I remember. I don't even know why I'd made that connection. I didn't even really know that Dundee had that kind of scene here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I wanted to move away from where I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And I told my boss at the time. He's like, "Well, where are you going to go? What are you going to do?" I said, "Well, I'm going to move to Dundee and I'm going to make comics." And he's like, all right, well, good luck. <laughs> Wrap up warm, won't you? Because it's cold <laughs> up there. Um, so I did, and then ended up working at um, DC Thompson. I remember um, Harrison Watson, who was the editor at oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, My Weekly at the time. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like, he was, because I went for this job as a sub. And he's like, wouldn't you be rather working in comics or. Um, Something like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, and obviously, yes, obviously mm-hmm. I, I would. But I was like, well, you know, stories are stories, and I'm really just interested in stories, you know, which is true. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's also bullshit to some extent, you know, because <laughs> I couldn't just, I couldn't say to him, yes, I would rather be working there, but the, you have no jobs there, so I have to take this one. Because that's just not, a, you know what I mean? That's yeah. not a great, no, that's no. not a great interview protocol, you know? <laughs> but did, but you, did, you didn't end up really working in any comments? Not at all. Yeah. No. No, why instead, I was there for about two years, and what I instead ended up doing was, um, because at the time I had no internet at home. I had no internet, no scanner, nothing like that. So I ended up using their facilities to set up a <laughs> a, 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 a web comic of my own right. and yeah, start yeah. kind of, you know, and I think they noticed that I was doing that um, on the side. And then rather than offer me a job, <laughs> you know, down at Meadowside working on the, um, the comics, on yeah. the comic side of things, they just sacked me. <laughs> I think it would be different now, though, if you did that. Honestly, it probably would, you know what I mean? I think back yeah. at that time, it was probably just a slightly different proposition. Yes, yeah. that's right. But also, there was a certain amount of... It was kind of not the done thing. Like, And I didn't really kind of twig that, because what would happen is that the rest of the team, the rest of the staff, would all, like at break time, they'd all go and meet in the coffee area and have a natter and a gossip. It was yeah. almost all women. I think there was like one other guy there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. initially, that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. But eventually, I, was, I became really hung up on this idea of doing my own comic book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would sit at my desk and draw during that whole time and write and so on. And they came back and they kind of noticed that. And they also noticed that I wasn't really doing my actual job really all that much. I'm slightly embarrassed about that because it was a really good job. I mean, mm-hmm. were you in-house at DC Thompson? Mm-hmm. Well, back, at the, back in, yeah. the, what, yeah. in the 50s, you were in-house, you. Like, yeah. Just a, a great place, to, a very relaxed place to work, I found. I don't know what it was like in your time, but... Um, we had lunch breaks that are an hour yeah, and a half long. It was fairly relaxed. There was a certain amount of there was a discipline. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of work to be done, of oh, yeah, course. Yeah. That was all there was to it. Mm. And there was no um, no hanging, just swinging the lead or yeah. anything like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the jobs and you've got you've got to get on with them, sort of thing. And did you prefer no working in house scene? Do you think? Sorry? What did you prefer? Now, obviously, you spent you've spent most of your career. 
as a freelancer. But what do you think? Do you think it gave you those skills that you know? Oh, you, the, you, you know. That 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 uh, Phil, um, I've, I've I've maintained and I will continue to maintain that those five years was an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. Pure and simple. And um, what I went through uh, at the art department there was what a young lad way back in the 15th, 16th, 17th century when he went into Michelangelo's oh, studio, okay. yeah, yeah, Leonardo's yeah. studio. Um, he was, uh, he had got, got all the jobs to mix up the paint or whatever, I made the tea, mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that, and, and it was an apprenticeship. Mm. You, you learn not only about drawing and painting, etc., the art side of things, you also learn how to deal with editorial staff. They're coming at you, they want such and such, Yeah. and uh, you just learned. Life in general yeah, yeah, is yeah. excellent grounding, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, and without it, I'm fairly sure in my own mind that it would have been an entirely different life. Mm. It may well still have been an art, mm -hmm. but somehow or other, the grounding I got there made it possible for me to um, instinctively, more than anything, uh, see the chances and instinctively also, if an editor came initially to me, I didn't know the chap from Adam sort of thing, but I knew immediately how to speak over the phone with them yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, so that we were both at ease with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I worked with Barry or Dave Hunt or, or Ego, yeah. it was all done on the phone. Yeah, you never really met yeah. I would go down maybe once a year to meet the, the various characters, but um, uh, it was all very much done at very much arm's length, yeah. so to speak. Uh, but it, 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 this experience, the five years, as I say, just somehow or other gave me that, yeah. that grounding and the confidence to go, mm. go ahead. I feel like... Um my kind of apprenticeship was was done by... I, see, I feel like I've missed out on that, what mm -hmm. you're saying there. Mm -hmm. You know, that being in that environment and learning how to cope and, and how to work in that environment. Mm -hmm. Mine was always done... Mine was done very much in the abstract. So it was all book learning with me. Mm -hmm. I learned about editors via... Uh, there was this one book called How to Write, Draw and Market Comic Books by, yes. I think, Alan McKenzie. Alan McKenzie, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, I, I picked that up in, I guess, 95, 96. Yeah. Steve and Parkhouse that, did the... Steve Parkhouse, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And that was a game-changer for me. Mm. That's that's when I was... St then you start thinking about the kind of... And it's full of all this advice. It's yeah. full of... <laughs> even advice about how, if you're a freelancer, you need to um, join a five-a-side squad or something like that. I'm like, mm -hmm. what? And it's like, well, if you don't, you're going to get you're going to get heart disease. You're going to because it's a sit down job. You're going to spend yeah. day in, day out, yeah. seeing no one, barely moving. You move one part of your body, the arm. <laughs> that's the whole yeah. job, you know. Although that said, when I'm at the art board, this is no good for your podcast. But I sit like this mm -hmm. and like kind of like like attacking the board. Right. And yeah. I didn't realize how uncomfortably I was sitting. Like I'm sitting like I've got one leg bent back, 
I've got, a, this is a terrible thing to say when you guys are eating, I've got a corn on one foot because, <laughs> or a callus on one foot, because I'm always braced against the floor mm. in a particular way. Mm-hmm. So it's, I say it's just one arm, it's the whole body. But it's, when you're in that zone, you don't even realise <laughs> no. it because you're, you're concentrating on doing that That's arm. Right. And you always actually put yourself in those terrible positions yes, you right, because you just mm-hmm. you, you go into this osmosis and you, then it's only later you realise oh you've got a crick in your neck yeah 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 sitting in that only when you stand four up hours. Like, oh <laughs> yeah. god every part of me hurts <laughs> and yeah and you think oh yes well you know it, you must have been putting your body through some kind of uh, strain so it would make you stronger no that's the terrible irony it actually makes you weaker mm. so um Good piece of advice, actually, to be honest with you, that people don't really realise that, that the way the posture and the, your setup and your mm-hmm. studio setup, yeah. um, how important that is. That's right. You, you have know, to have a healthy space yeah. to work in. Yeah. My, did, you, did, my, you, did you ever actually see the, the meadowside? I did, yes. Uh, I did. So and it was like going into Valhalla. It was amazing. It was. No, it, it was, was incredible. Was that the one that had the long glass? Uh, no, my memory, my memory of it is the, there's this, it's a very Victorian building with a checkerboard yes. floor. And I remember I think being, you're being talking about the one I'm talking. Yes, about. I think yes. so. I remember being very. You had to go up and along. Yes. The yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. I remember so being you, very overwhelmed by how um, how traditional it was. Mm-hmm. How much it looked exactly like a you picture a publishing house to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll remember too, Dan, how all we had was a bench, rows of benches. Yes. And you had your drawing board. <laughs> and you, you laid your drawing board on the bench and it sat in your groin. Yeah. Room, and that's the way you work. Yeah. And that was like a school setup, though, almost, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. It was almost like a school room mm-hmm. from the pictures I've seen. Very much yeah. So. yeah. Very Even much the so. kind of low lighting. Uh, whereas when I went freelance, yeah. the first thing I did was I bought myself a, excuse me, a draftsman come architect drawing board, mm. uh, which I could angle. Yeah. And all that and put reference books on oh, yeah. that sort of thing. And um, I've worked on that ever since. But initially, that was what it was, just wooden benches, as you'll remember. Have you had the same board for years now? It's exactly the same yeah. board as I've had. Yes, it's on a, a, metal, a metal frame. Yeah. And I can raise or lower it with the, you know, the thing at the side. And uh, exactly, if I want the paint to run, then I angle it. Yes, and right, then, right. When it's run far enough, I hit it with the hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> turn it, That's a very exact turn, science. Turn yeah. it it's mm-hmm. all very technical. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, terribly yeah. arty at all. In fact, I think my, my school... And you have to think fast as well. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Exactly. <laughs> I think my school, my school art teacher must burrow in his grave sometimes <laughs> when I get topped. Because <laughs> you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> but as, as, as Phil knows, I'm, I'm not averse to working upside down at times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no. yeah. it, it looks okay upside down, it must be okay though. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but that's interesting, if you ever, have you ever flipped an image around the other way? Mm-hmm. That's how it tells you really yeah. tired or oh, not when you're drawn, God. because yeah. the proportions go out the window sometimes yeah. when you flip an image. Yeah, the shoulder's mm-hmm. too small, mm-hmm. the face is squint, yeah. it's, oh, it's a nightmare. And then sometimes you fix the problem and you create a new problem and, and you, sometimes you create a new problem with it now it's boring because the proportions were off before but they're off in a really right way in a really yeah, yeah. good way yeah. and now you've fixed it and it's well, it's, and sort of, it's diminished somehow well and ultimately people are not looking at it in reverse so, you know, so it no one's really going to flag that up no that's true yourself, you know. 
But it is like seeing it with new eyes. Yeah. So it is worthwhile yeah. in that sense. Sometimes even taking a photograph with it with your camera, it's like seeing it through another set of eyes. So mm. you go, oh, I see that's not right. Yeah. Or I see that it doesn't pop as much as it does. Well, that's interesting. Remember when a I came up to yours, Ian? A hand mirror is a good idea, too. Oh, a hand mirror. I should get one. Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm. Yeah. That is a good idea, yeah. But remember when I came up, Ian, with the cover you were working on recently? <laughs> and you were saying, oh, I'm not sure about it. And you were just too close to it. You've been looking at it for too long mm-hmm. and and I took a photograph of it and cropped it on That's my phone right. to, to look at what, how and it looked in the actual totally different yeah way. exactly mm-hmm. um, but that you know it's difficult because mm-hmm. if you're working on your own and you don't have anyone else to bounce it off yeah. then you're your, your own worst enemy at that yeah. point mm-hmm. That's right. and the one thing too uh, not all artists are aware of this but we all suffer from astigmatism yeah, I've had it diagnosed. I do have a stigmatism, yeah. yeah. So, you're going to draw faces with, perhaps, the eye on the left is slightly lower yeah. than the one on the right. I do that. My, as I draw yeah. a face straight on, the left eye will be down. Yeah. The whole face, it'll look as though there's been, they've had a slight uh, uh, shock, should yes. I say, yes. and it's slight paralysis. Okay. Yes, yeah. Right? I have... Yeah, Jack Kirby had a terrible problem with that. He's got, he would draw one eye like really bulging, mm-hmm. and then one eye really kind of sloped down, and it almost becomes like a signature move. It is actually like, really like think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, that's a Kirby that's face, yes, you know. Yes. But uh, as I say, uh, a number of times I I jump from the uh, from the drawing board with this thing in my hand uh, right through to the near the nearest. Uh, Oh sweet, with a big mirror on mm. the wall, and hold it up. Yeah, You've got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Damn. Yeah, I hate that. Oh it's god. Shifted. Yeah. Dougie Phillips. Um, Hello, James. Everything okay? Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank, thank you. Um, Doug, we I'm afraid passed on a few years back. Yeah. But um, he was a great pal of mine, and he, he was in the office at the same time. But he loved doing landscape, he was a landscape actually. But he did the People's Friend mm. cover for a long time. Jay Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Still a pen name they used to yeah, this yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> and you could always tell when, it was, when Dougie had done one, mm-hmm. because all of the verticals, but ever so slightly counted to one side. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but that gives it some character though, to be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that gives it that, you know, it's not, it's, you know, you don't want it to be robotic. And no. That's the problem again with digital now, where you, if you've got a straight line, mm-hmm. you can do it as a straight line. Yeah, that's right. So even if you rule Which a line. It's a deadline. It is dead, yeah. yeah it kills right. it. You know? But I wonder if the. Two, um, heads, two heads there, for instance. Yeah. I actually resorted at one point to getting a set square out. Really? And making absolutely sure... That the line was even across the eye line, yeah. I wonder if that's why you were so struck by uh, Glynis Barber's face when you took the photo of her for Blake 7, because she had these splendidly even features. Mm. Yes, like, yes, so shocked yes. to see such mm-hmm. an even... Mm-hmm. But that's what they say about attractive people, is it's very symmetrical. Oh, symmetrical. Yeah, yeah, I recently discovered, I, I was talking about this with some friends, I don't have a symmetrical face. 
And it's quite upsetting to realise I don't have a symmetrical face because they looked at me dead on and their faces were all symmetrical. And I'm like, I'm not sure what's happened with me. I do have one eye. It's, it's probably because I've been drawing for so long. I've got one eye. It's I've got morph into your morph. I've this, yeah, I've got this one big bulging eye and one eye that's kind of too low. And if I look at myself in the mirror, if I, if I did what you did and held up the artwork, I'd be like, I've got an uneven face. This isn't right. Why has this happened? I'm collapsing on one side. Do you have to do your specs at all? I did. It's a funny thing. I used to. And, um, but I, I wonder if I was flirting slightly with diabetes because I, I know how crazy that sounds, but that, but I was, I started taking potassium, I had to take the potassium supplements uh-huh. and my vision, which had been kind of ailing over the course of about five years, started to improve. And now I don't wear spectacles at all. Mm-hmm. I first noticed when I was at my drawing board one day and I was like, why can't I see this properly? You know, that bit in Spider-Man. Where he, in this first Spider Man, where he's looking through the glasses mm-hmm. and they're all blurry. Yeah, yeah, and he, he takes, takes them off. off yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that. I take them off. I'm like, I can see better without better this. Better without them. Well, so I don't know. Just this can happen, of course. But I sometimes would, I, I, I wear, have to wear uh, reading glasses or working glasses as well as the, the varifocals I mm-hmm. wear normally. But I sometimes wonder whether I should really pressurise the, the ophthalmic people or the optician, whatever, mm-hmm. because I wonder whether he could actually measure that astigmatism, mm-hmm. and, and especially if, with my working specs, yeah. do some sort of correcting, yeah. mm. so I wouldn't then have the, the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know, it's something I should discuss with him next time I'm in for an eye test. Mm. The, the other problem I have is um, if I'm drawing a face that's kind of three quarters, like a three quarters angle. How much of what you know that far side of the face? Yeah. Do you how sure? much of that do you draw? Yeah. You know, and you kind of think, well, that's enough. And then when you flip it, you go, well, that's, he's got no face on that side <laughs> at all. That's just completely caved in. So I have yeah. to f- flesh this all out again. And should that ear that far? Yeah. Right. Should, that should you see that? that? that yeah. That should you see that ear? Angle is amazingly yeah, complex. It's a pain <laughs> in the arse. It really is. But the ear—that's the question. That's the question that haunts me. And should that ear be perhaps? like blacked out should it be dark mm. or should it be just as visible as the near ear i don't know i still you have to kind of take it on a case-by-case basis really. <laughs> yeah these are definitely the uh the the, the woes of a, a comic yes. book artist <laughs> yeah yeah these kind of sort of uh caved in eyes half a face missing and all you're trying to draw you're trying to draw something you see every day you're trying to... Uh, this is ridiculous, preposterous stuff. Don't have that problem with space... No, 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 no. Or a car, even. That's right, it's the same every which way, you know? But it's just these bloody faces, hands, and, frankly, feet as well. Yeah, and that's it. And let's face it, you know, usually you're drawing the characters of the main focus, unless maybe yeah. tra- even Transformers, yeah. actually, is actually character-based yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but we were talking about earlier when you are talking about how those... those Three things, I suppose, three parts are the most difficult or the most challenging mm-hmm. things to do, you know, and and especially hands, but no, the face as well, because you, sure. you go to the eyes straight away. Mm-hmm. That's you right. Know, so I can't remember which uh, artist said this. I wish I could, but his his whole deal was that you had to draw, you have to draw hands as much as possible, mm-hmm. because how much of our communication is conducted through that, yeah. through the hand and through the face. Yeah. So you Very have to draw hands different. and you have to draw faces. And when you learn to do that, when you learn to put hands into the shot as much as possible, you realise how much it improves your artwork, how much more animated the mm-hmm. characters you're drawing seem. Very you know? much so. A, a, figure, a figure in action. Yeah. It, uh, it just seems you get you get the hands. And, oh, sorry, the 
the arms, the legs, the trunk and everything just the way you want it, mm. okay? But unless you can get the arms... Yeah. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Expressive sort of without being... Um, like overacting as well. Yeah, yeah. Over, yeah you don't, don't want, want it to be hugging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, the, 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 it's a... The hand, the fingers mustn't look like a bunch of bananas. No, no, that's they right. Have, they have a, they have Unless a, it's Banana Man. That's Banana Man. <laughs> you make an allowance for Banana Man, that's fine. Um, I'd say who drew great hands. Uh, whenever, we, whenever I have a hand, hand conversation, I think about uh, Frank Bellamy's hands. Mm. He always drew these great, expressive hands. And then guys yes. like Martin Asbury kind of copied that approach. Yeah, yeah. And the hands, mm. they would do hands flinging out like that. Always with a perspective, yeah. yeah. And this was the sort of common kind of uh, yeah, Bellamy that, angle with just like two fingers and then kind of two fingers the down. Huge four mm. shortening on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that one that you showed Dan, the fist. Oh, yeah, the fist, yeah. yeah. That was the sixth time I painted that. Sixth time. I just, somehow or other, I just, I, I, I knew I knew what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't getting it, I just wasn't getting it. Took six attempts, mm-hmm. and I suppose if I'm brutally honest with myself, I'm still not happy. Eventually, you have to abandon it to no. some extent, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, you go mad and you go, This is never going to be finished because of yes. this one no. small thing that's see, driving me nuts. As you said often enough to me, Phil, you know what you wanted, but no one else it, does. it's probably perfectly yeah. uh, okay the way yeah. it is. The danger with drawing fists as well is that if you draw them too square on, they have this kind of dull, boxy quality. Mm-hmm. And if you draw them at a kind of a three-quarter Just angle... a slight movement. Yeah, that's what you have to kind of then start thinking about tricky stuff like anatomy and perspective. And that's mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, no, now I have yeah. to understand how this works. And I, actually, the, the other weird thing about a punch is, is where is the point of contact? Yes, that's in, right. In relations, and, it, and if you're not putting in like the stuff over the top... Yeah. Lines and yeah. That. Right. Yeah. Then, you have to imply it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's really tricky to. Yeah. Put but if that you pull, but in. if you pull that off, yeah, that can look really oh, yeah. great. You know, you can have like his face kind of like rocking up mm-hmm. yeah. where the blow has gone in, and you know that can really. Someone, really I think work. somebody does that really well is uh, Alan Davis. I don't know if you've seen a lot of his work, Ian, but you know he did, did Captain Britain back in the day, and he's mm-hmm. in a lot of Marvel. Big stuff. fan of Alan Davis. And he does yeah. a his punches, the impact. We had him up actually a couple of times in Dundee. And I remember uh, he just took a bit of paper and, and, he, and he, he kind of sketched out this sort of uh, this fight scene, mm. I, and, and it wasn't finished by any means. No. It was just the loosest gestures, and it was just spot on. Just the yeah. angle, the, the extreme angle, it's a bit like animation in a way, where you yeah. get the action line. Yeah, and the action line is, is what is doing the the, the Comic majority. Comic artists of can learn a lot from animators, I think. Mm. How to get faces yeah. across, how to get expressions across. But, but, that, but that's, like, that's that's what's weird about it. Actually, having taught both you know yeah. or teaching both there's very little crossover between the two in there's a way. very little yeah yes but it should be it should be yeah, yeah exactly they totally should be yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting we were speaking earlier about ron smith he was an animator before he became uh, a comic artist and the what same with uh, eric bradbury he did a lot of stuff for for ipc and, and, mm-hmm. and back in the day and you can sort of see it in there what mike western as well was uh, yeah. was an animator you know they all mm-hmm. went through that process mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you ever thought about getting into that year at all no did you? I never really occurred to me yeah I suppose, I, I suppose at that point, because of the training you got in Dundee and in DC Dodgers, right, didn't really, yes. there wasn't really a need for wasn't, it. Yeah, no, yeah. there wasn't really. I mean, certainly wasn't an industry mm-hmm. up here for it, Not you know. That, so, yeah. 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 What about you, Dan? Did you ever 
something about animation. No, um, but I do look at animation when it comes to um, drawing action mm-hmm. and trying to understand action and how it works and everything and, and the gesture. And you have to almost, to get action right, I think you almost have to draw in a gestural way. So rather than draw with your wrist or your fingers, draw with your arm. Sweep it. Sweeping. Yeah, you have to draw with your arm. And then the more you have that, the more of a natural kind of flow of, of movement you have. Yeah. Um, and I've had, weirdly, I have had some of my um, comics work turned into animation. Right. Um, I'll send you a link to one later. Yeah, so it's good, um, yeah. And it's, it's really fun. It did give me a little bit of a, a, a yen for it because it looks so good. The guy had really translated my artwork yeah. for that book, Vandroid, that I did oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of four years yeah. ago. And it looked terrific. I thought, oh, this is, this is really where it's at. It's like, yeah. my, it's like my artwork, but it really is moving. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I bet there's a fine line between putting it to full animation and retaining the comics elements. Of this, it. Has, this had both. Yeah. I was really yeah. stunned. I was, I was yeah. delighted. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get that right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. either becomes bad animation yeah. or, you know, yeah, you know or it's not faithful or to the comic. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I think somebody that did that really well, he died recently. I can't remember his name. Williams? Uh, he animated. Oh, it was oh, Richard Williams. Richard Williams, yeah, yes, Richard right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His he, books, a Bible to animate. Yeah, you know. he animated these great um, Superman adverts back in the early eighties for mm-hmm. cigarette nicotine. Nicotine, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And he created this. They, I love watching those even now because yeah. he created this lovely balance of. It was like a comic strip come to life. Yeah, you know, it moves. Yeah, but it feels it's got that kind of um, a little bit of that. Uh, Kurt Swan field. Yeah, it definitely still. does. And yeah. actually, it was a bit, then it had a British feel to it. But well. still felt that's right. Which is, which is, that's right. This is definitely a British Superman. And all the all the kids who he's warding off having smoke, they're all like, "It's Superman!" Like there's dead, really English accents. I thought this, I thought this was Metropolis. Where is Metropolis exactly? I know that because that never that never travelled. That was just a UK, that's a UK sort of campaign. It was on the comics as well. That's it was on right, the back pages of yeah. some of the comics. I never say yes nicotine. to a cigarette. It's funny that because I, I, as a kid, I thought, "When's nicotine going to pop up?" In the, That's know, right. in, the, in the American, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Superman uh, series, never happened. No, you know. I've drawn him a couple of times for fun. Oh, yeah, cool. I did a commission of uh, like all of Superman's greatest foes, right. and front and centre, I put nicotine because <laughs> I mean cigarettes. Well, yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's, that's not good. No, I know. Yeah, it was Nico man there as well from the. Front. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I wish I'd put him in. No, I missed him out unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> but you, I remember you did. Um, you showed me that you actually drew Spider-Man once. Back in the day, do you remember that? You showed me like there was something you did for Marvel, or it was an advert for Spider-Man, you know? Which, yeah, because I think that was quite unusual for 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 you to to work on American like superhero. Uh, but were you a fan of that at all? Were you a fan of the American superhero comics, or was that just a job that came along? Anyway? It was just something. Yeah. I think it was a one-off. Yeah. Just one of these. That made, but that would be about the time I was working through an agent. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask, how did you find that, working uh, through he, an agent? He, got, uh, quite, he had his connections, of course, mm-hmm. down south. And that's when we got with these uh, things that, uh, for Piero Dan, was ticket things that um, David McDonald dug up just recently. Oh, the, was that the Spanish? No, was it Spanish? Italian. Italian, sorry, yes. Italian, mm-hmm. yeah. These uh, series of... I'd forgotten that I'd done these. And when I look at them now, I say, gee, whoops, I wish I could do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, he sent me two copies. I must have let you see it. So, yeah, that must have been quite hard mm-hmm. to track down, though. Yeah, I mean, because... Yeah, David, David, is it Hibernia? Yeah. 
comics. Yeah. I think he calls himself something like that. Yeah. And uh, he sent me two, and I'd totally forgotten about these. Yeah. But there were a series of, like, a bit like cigarette cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, yeah. for the, the, the readers to collect. Yeah. Which, which became a big, big market actually mm-hmm. in, in, in the early nineties. A lot of comic be, artists moved over back, to the trading cards. Yeah. That was probably yeah. back in the sixties. Was it? I would say. Wow. Way ahead of way ahead of your time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. And uh, but uh, Dan, did you ever get involved in any of that kind of stuff or, or, at all? Well, trading cards, yeah, I can think. No, no. no. I occasionally or gaming have, or anything, game stuff. Or um, no, I did a bit of games design and concept work. Um, I lived in Milton Keynes for a few years and I worked for a games company there. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of it. I kind of moved from just testing games to doing artwork and so on. Yeah. Um, and I, that, I guess that kind of was an apprenticeship to some extent because yeah. you suddenly yeah. have to... What's, I think, very important is getting your first... Uh, how can I put this? Working to a brief. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, that's the first time I would have had a brief. Like, we want you to convey this idea. Yeah. So then you have to kind of move out of your comfort zone learn how to draw things you've not drawn before, mm-hmm. you know, and in a studio environment, yeah. environment so those are your see, first steps to be. That's the sort of thing that hit me right away as soon yeah. as I went into the art department, yeah. you were working to a brief. Yeah, that's right. Because you had what they called a billet, Yeah. and in that billet was instructions for the job. Yeah, and, uh, that's your first steps, I think, to being a professional, mm-hmm. when you're not just drawing. That, that was why, as I say, that, uh, it couldn't. It couldn't have been better, as mm. far as I was concerned. But before you went in for that, did you have uh, like before? I, before I became a professional, I would draw for fun. So I would draw the characters that I liked. Mm-hmm. So I would draw Batman. And, mm-hmm. well, I would just draw a lot of Batman. Yeah. Really, if I'm honest. <laughs> did you have a, a character that you liked, or a, a particular subject that you always went back to when you were just drawing for your own pleasure? Oh, well, and do you have one I, now? When I was still, when I was still at school, of course, because mm. I went straight from school. Yeah. Into the art department. So I was just drawing the uh, uh, sort of things I was instructed to by the, the art master at school. Right. But um, drawing any, well, aeroplanes. Aeroplanes, right. Aeroplanes. Right. At that time, yeah. I suppose I was drawing aeroplanes. So that's the first love, effectively. That, that, yeah. I would say, uh, looking back, that would be the sort of thing that um, uh, I always got the kitchen table once the evening meal was over. Yeah. The kitchen table was cleared and I had that for the evening yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, that would be aeroplanes it yeah. would be almost certain I think that's the key thing I think else. if you get the drawing bug it's like something has to get under your skin mm-hmm. and you want to see more of that and then mm-hmm. you want to make more of that yeah, yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. And like the comics weren't coming out quick enough so yeah. I have to make my own comics yeah yeah so, yeah because yeah, it was hard to get American comics in, yeah. in the UK yeah, as well yeah. so yeah. they were sporadic they were quite exotic I suppose yeah that's right. when yeah. you did get them yeah. they felt more special so than they were if, that's, that's right if you weren't getting the British reprints yeah. if you were just getting an American comic and that strange small size yeah, yeah. with its weird adverts yeah the adverts are crazy great. I mean, like, <laughs> sea monkeys these, and sea all. monkeys <laughs> yeah. and these mad sweets yeah. and there's something that we call what we would call a Milky Twinkies Way, <laughs> yeah, Twinkies <laughs> advert. Something we would call a Milky Way. They call Three Musketeers. Yeah, what's yeah. this nonsense? I know, you know. It's and what's a what is a bullpen? A bullpen? <laughs> yeah, what is a bullpen? You know, what is a bullpen? Yeah, yeah. Like you just see that. The Marvel, oh, it's the bullpen bulletin. Well, you see, that's it. Yeah. What is a bullpen? Well, you see, you worked in a bullpen, I suppose, in a way, because DC Thompson's was a bullpen, and that's oh, what's so missing yeah. now these days, yeah. is that the, mm-hmm. there's not a creative hub within pub, comics publishers. There isn't. Of no, like-minded right. artists working together. It's no. all freelance. Yeah. Yeah. So that, 
that is so rare. I mean, we try and, and do that in the in the in the comics. Yeah, space. and there probably are little oh. mini studios. Yeah. You know, here and there, but you're right. Not in terms of there being these monolithic yeah. groups like IPC is gone and Fleetway is gone. And Fleetway, I mean, uh, Rebellion, that'll all be sort of farmed out. There'll yeah. be no in-house artists. No, There'll be yeah. designers. There's a designer, yeah, a couple yeah. Of designers. But yeah, but it'll all be just people sitting in their homes. Yeah. I do yeah. think from time to time, the weirdos of comics do need to meet up and. That's right. Well, that's what we're doing today. Yeah, so. yeah. No, no, I agree. <laughs> I, I think it's it is important because yeah. I think you I think it's really the only way you can grow. You can do a certain amount by yourself. You can go so far by yourself, mm-hmm. but there comes a point where you have to kind of um, rub up against someone else and kind of see what they do, see oh, what they're doing, much. see yeah, what they're doing sure. better than you, see what you're doing better than them. Mm, yeah, and. Yeah, but that's, that's the yeah. social aspect of it, yeah. which is missing, and it's nothing worse. It's like we were saying earlier about you're so close to a piece of work, you've got no sense of uh, perspective mm. on it. And you actually you know, do need another artist to see it. Yeah. If you show it to your missus yeah, yeah. or your friends, yeah. they like you. Yeah. They're going to tell you. It's, <laughs> they're going to tell you it's nice. Well, no, Gladys will, Gladys will tell me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 a treasure it's, you've got there, and that's excellent. Yes, especially if I'm, I have the greatest difficulty with girls' faces. Oh. Yeah, Although right, have, yeah. having, having worked on Bunty and Judy and yeah. the there's no that, excuse I, no. <laughs> but now having said that you know having said that you know having, having met Gladys I have to say that a lot of your female characters do in the, in the past have looked like Gladys possibly you know yes, uh-huh. so, and that's another thing you do tend to you draw do. You know, what yeah, you know you do that's yeah. right um, you kind of draw if you're drawing men they kind of look like you yeah. if you're drawing Women, they kind of look like your muse. Yeah, yeah. You know? exactly. Yeah. I know. She'll, she'll, if she doesn't like what's on, what I've gone through and show her, she will tell me. That's excellent. And, That's fantastic. Uh, uh, and at times, sends me back to the studio with them. <laughs> <laughs> Worse than any I don't. I thought, I thought I'd have got that one right. <laughs> Well, that's painful. <laughs> but, but, no, but that works both ways. So that recent commission, the one you're doing for Rebellion at the moment, mm-hmm. um, like like myself when I saw it, I looked at it and went, well, that looks like it's pretty much good to go to me. Yeah. And you were like, oh, no, I'm not sure about it. you know. And then Gladys came through and said, oh, yeah, that's that's done. That's done. Now, I don't know whether yeah. that's just because you wanted a quiet life or not, yes. but, you know, but that's the thing. Right. Sometimes it works both ways. And, yeah. she's, and she's the first one to tell me to stop fiddling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay the way it is. Leave yeah. it alone. Yeah. What are you playing at? What, I have to be... Was, I have when, to be I'd, when I'd painted oh. that fist out for the third or fourth time, yeah. the roof just about lifted. She said, what earth? It was perfectly okay the way it was. Not for me it was. No. <laughs> I don't argue. Is that, I don't argue. <laughs> I get... Um, told off and bollocked basically to have a break yeah stop are you going to stop you're going to stop now i'm like yeah just just a minute just i just got to do this thing for a minute and yeah, then two 20 hours, minutes yeah. go by and you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay i'm coming down now i have to be very um uh, strict with myself though about how much time i can spend at the board mm-hmm. i can't I, I literally set a timer for 45 minutes oh do you do that every yeah, time yeah. yeah and i will do no more than 45 minutes because there'll come a point after around about the 50 minute mark where it becomes counterproductive yeah mm-hmm. and i start overthinking it overworking it or i start panicking that it's not good enough and you need to have that time where you get up walk away from okay. it yeah. and i have to literally do this uh, there was a time when i was kind of an amateur you would draw a thing if it was halfway decent you looked at it after it was going wow i'm amazing i'm definitely going to be a big shot one day and then when you're a pro that goes completely so you kind of just throw the board aside just like oh no i can't even look at it 
like, like a real artist. Like, ah, no, it's <laughs> junk, it's trash. And then you have to kind of walk away, sweat a little bit. Just Pick it out of the bin. <laughs> yeah, and then come back and go, oh, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right, I can, I can work with it or I see what's wrong no, with that's it. That's super important. I mean, you know, people say to me all the time they've hit a, 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 they're stuck or they've hit a wall and all they've done is they've just been looking at it for too long. Yeah, and they've exhausted their brain, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Walk, right. get the equivalent of a writer's block. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've torn board up in the past. Oh, I've right. kind of half done in a rage, in a rage, in a rage. In a, in a absolute yeah. a rage quit. Yeah, yeah, a real rage quit. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Oh, and then afterwards, just done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was one time I did it, and I came back, and it was it was actually really good. And I had to, I basically had to sellotape it all back together on the back. And Debs looks at it, and she's like, "Why did you tear this up?" I'm like, "It just, it wasn't giving me what I wanted. Yeah. It wasn't playing ball. Like when I was trying to ink it, it wouldn't play ball. I didn't, you know, I was met, you know, it just wasn't flowing. So I lost my rag and tore it to bits. And she's like, "No, you have to put that back together because it's seamless. It's so fine. Seamless in the final. Oh, on the no one's. You wouldn't even be able to tell which page you want. Times I've told your students to leave it till tomorrow. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. You'll probably find. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But they're not leave it until next week or the week after. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't walk away such that you have forgotten what you were doing and you lose interest. Mm. Exactly. Thank you. But if Thanks. you uh, you generally find it um, problems. Generally speaking, Thank you very much. Uh, it's you. mid to late afternoon. Yes. You're tired. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. You're fatigued. Yeah, yeah. Your and eyes, you get the carbohydrate your, 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 eye, your eyes are tired. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you mustn't try to solve a problem. No. If you, you think you've got a problem. But, of course, we're up against it all the time with deadlines. That's right. Yeah. There are times when you've just got to. Yeah. But uh, sometimes if you can't leave it, the next morning, either you find that you've actually solved the problem mm. that you were too tired to mm-hmm. notice, yeah. or there wasn't a problem in no. the first place. <laughs> the problem that I have, though, is that I'm a terrible obsessive, and if I try and walk away from it and leave it, Still I'll, 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 yes, I'm thinking yeah. I'll be sitting there the whole not, night. You're not going to relax. I'm right? not going to relax. No, yeah. that's right. And Debs will put on the TV and say, why don't we just sit down, have a nice cup of tea and watch the TV? I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm like this, just... Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll be back in a minute. She's like, you better not be going to that art board. I'm like, no, I'm just going to the toilet. <laughs> and then I can't sleep. And so there's this kind of, this fever that kind of grabs me. The number of times I've been up till three in the morning, just not even trying, not even trying to solve a page exactly, but trying to solve the problem of being a bad artist. Like, I just, I've got to learn how to ink. I've got to, that inking, and, and that's when, you know, you've really got the... Uh, the mania yeah the, you can't do, you feel like you can't do this anymore yeah, yeah, or you yeah. never knew how to do it yeah, is that imposter right. syndrome that yeah, yeah, every yeah. artist goes on yeah. about you suddenly question mm-hmm. your own ability even and though you're deep yeah. down you know you yeah. can do it but, but I think the mistake there where that fever comes from is that you can fall into the trap of judging your worth overall by your worth as an artist uh-huh. you know so you put too much it's putting too much pressure on yourself you're yeah. saying if I'm a bad artist I'm a bad everything because this means so much to me. Yeah. And you have to get, well, I don't know if you ever had that, but you have to get over that. You have to kind of go, no, that's ridiculous. It's, I love it, but it's yeah. still just my job. Oh, yeah. It's not, oh. and it is a passion, but it can't be a mania, no. you know? No, that's, 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 it's incredibly difficult. I think every artist suffers from that. I mean, you've told me, in, you know, waking up in the middle of the night thinking of a solution to that problem and, mm-hmm. and just having to get up and do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, yeah, that's, that's oh yeah, that's right. It has yeah. to be done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had to kind of really stop myself doing that because yeah. otherwise, I'd work all the time and I wouldn't think about anything else. Yeah. And that's not healthy. No, it's not you healthy. Know, Your not... life kind of can, can go to sort of rack and ruin yeah. if you don't 
if you don't actually live it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And its sleep patterns are, 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 are disturbed as well because you're thinking about that problem when you're trying to get yeah. to sleep. Dreaming, do you dream about drawing? I dream about drawing. Um, I just don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that solves that problem, what, doesn't what it? Yeah. What happens with me is that I'll go, I'll go and, and I'll probably, of course, this means I won't sleep. Yeah. There's always a, a pad by the bedside. And oh, sleep. God. And of course, something will have occurred to me before on the way to bed. I've got to try it. And then I go and I try to sleep. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm what you call a lifetime's insomnia. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Never have been a good sleeper. No, no, I'm, I'm a but, terrible sleeper um, as well. No, no, it's a case of uh, I waking up two, three in the morning and I'll just sit and sketch. Mm. And then I'll maybe go back and sleep for a wee while. Yeah. Uh, but, um, See, the thing Actually, is that that sounds... Some of my best ideas yeah, that's right. That's exactly time. right. I think that, although it's, that sounds at first blush like a bad thing, that time in the morning between about, say, sort of one and four is so quiet and mm-hmm. so peaceful. Mm-hmm. You, and you're in such a kind of dreamy sort of daze. Mm-hmm. You can really get in, into your own subconscious. You can really come up with no distractions. And there's no distractions. Yeah. Nothing's going to bother you. Yeah. There's not going to be a TV. There's yeah. not going to be a knock at the door. Yeah. There's not even a possibility of that. Yeah. So you just can get really, really into the zone. Yeah. But I've had some crazy moments doing that. I remember one time I was drawing, I think I was drawing Judge Dredd for IDW. Mm-hmm. And I was sat, uh, and it, you know, I was under the gun. It was a, a monthly book, so crazy deadlines. Yeah. And I was up at about two in the morning um, and I was listening to music and I was uh, drawing this page. I remember exactly the page it was as well. And um, Rocket Man came on, you know, the Elton John mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. And I had this profound sense of, like Rocket Man is a song about kind of isolation, about being mm-hmm. lost out in, the, in, the, in space mm-hmm. because of your job. And it's your job to be that, <laughs> to be alone. Yeah, yeah. And I had this overwhelming sense of this existential terror. Like I nearly burst into tears. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to die. I'm going to die here right mm-hmm. now, listening to this song, drawing this board. Wow. I was like, drawing, drawing this thing. And I had, to, I had to stop. But I was so ashen afterwards. Oh. I, I, I was yeah. said... Debs, I really went through hell last night. Oh, you know, I'm just trying to draw this comic, and this, but I pushed it too far, yeah. and I spent too long yeah. by myself and in my own head. Yeah. And oh. the song came in saying, "Well, you know, it's going to be a long, long time." You know, <laughs> damn. Yeah, but that is the problem. That being in your own headspace and, and you know Ex- to excess. Yeah, yeah, and just absolutely. like you know, and that's that is definitely why I think that social aspect. And I, I've, I've had chats with uh, a friend of mine, Alex Ronald, who. He's worked for years on. I worked on the games industry uh, where it was a, a, a team, mm. and then you know, he went back into freelance, and then uh, working on your own. You need to have the, those meetups and those, yes. you know, just just to get out and, mm-hmm. and and connect with people. And you know, that's the good thing about you know what we're trying to do with the, the comic space is having seats where people can come in if they want. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sometimes you have to break out of that as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes that could be a distraction. So it's getting mm-hmm. the balance right. You know. Aye. I mean, it's difficult. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it, it's a, it's a, an insolvable problem. I think. I I don't. You just work away uh, at your own pace, so mm. to speak. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, I've been very lucky in that respect, and that, that uh, I haven't had to meet too many of these deadlines that have you up all night, sort of thing. The all night. I remember yeah. one particular one. Uh, was a, an advert for VT, way, way back. Any, this must have been way back in the 60s. No, 
no, no, no, it must have been in the 70s because we were living out in the countryside at that time. Because I had to finish this, this job and get it on the train uh, first as soon as possible for London. And it meant uh, snow on the ground, it was in the winter time. Mm -hmm. And it was a case of walking across the fields in, this, in the snow. Oh God. And uh, the only point of reference I had at that point was uh, the, the Bullion Field service station on the dual carriageway, mm -hmm. just, just outside Invergowrie. Yeah. And it was all lit up. Everything else was just snow on the ground. Featureless because the, you couldn't see the, the roads and yeah. everything like that. It was just a case of trudging across towards this and then catch the bus into town and get this thing on the, on the train. Wow. And that's, the, that's just about the only time I would say that was a real killer of a yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. To, well, yeah. It had to be come hell or high water. Yeah, yeah. So and now you could just hit send. You know, now, that's, now right. that's it. Done. That's, thank goodness. But no, um, I was fairly lucky. I think I built up a sort of a, an instinct of whether or not I could do a job yeah. within the, the allotted time. Yeah. In fact, Dave Hunt one time said to me, uh, he said, when I phone you up and ask you to do something, um, he says, I, I visualise you pulling out your diary or whatever and having it in front of you and telling me whether or not, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I said, no, Dave, it just comes right off the top yeah. of my head. Mm -hmm. either, yeah. I, either I I know I can do it or if there's the slightest doubt. Yes. I'm just not going to promise. I start. I, I need to start listening to that voice, that little, because I've signed up for too many things in the past at the mm -hmm. same time. Because you don't want to say. I was thinking about the actor Gordon Jackson, mm -hmm. who would never say no to anything ever, mm -hmm. and he would just That's do right. the work because he was so, such a hard worker. Yes. Um, but you see him; he looks so kind of like rangy and exhausted, mm -hmm. and like died relatively young did, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. you don't want to be like that. You know, and. So although I admire that, I admire that, say no, say yes to everything. Yeah. Increasingly, I, I, I want to say no to things. And I also want to listen to that voice, because I always have that doubt, that little mm -hmm. kind of warning voice going, mm -hmm. you're never going to be able to do this, mm -hmm. you know? But unfortunately, sometimes that negative voice gets mixed in with all the other negative voices that say, you know, good at this, you should stop, mm -hmm. you know, and, you and, 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 so and also there's a side of that where you settle, you've built up a reputation, so then you can have, you do have the uh, the luxury, I suppose, of picking and choosing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. As well, where you, yeah. When you're starting out, it's, it's, it's very easy to say yes to everything. Yeah. Because you feel like you have to, you, yeah. it's hard to not back work. I, I think there is something in the comics industry, though, particularly in the American comics industry, where everyone is made to feel that like they're just starting out. There are there are a very few kind of superstar creators, yeah. guys like I guess like Frank Quitely yeah. or whatever, who can sort of pick and choose, mm -hmm. um, and then I think everyone else is kind of made to feel like, well, if you say no to this, mm. we're not going to ask you again. Yeah, and I, this is it, so you, you know. And we all talk to each other, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. and you don't want to get a reputation. Like yeah. it's never explicitly said, yeah, yeah, but, but I do feel that it is a kind of an undercurrent. There's always this undercurrent of you'll never work in this town again, mm. you know. And it's not true. No. You do because they do need to fill these pages every month. Of course, they will come back to you. Yeah, but they, they they do slightly, I think. Um, they manipulate that. They so, are slightly yeah, manipulating yeah. that to some extent. Well, it might, it may not, it's nothing specific, but I feel it's the overall culture. Yeah. You know, the artists are disposable and, yeah. and you can be filled in. Your, your, spot, your slot can be filled in. And there'll be some South American artist or a Filipino artist who is hungry for the work and he'll turn it in. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. quickly. Well, that, yeah. That's how I fell into Dundee. It was simply because the other artist was uh, in danger of letting them down to the extent. Yeah. But Dave Hunt was having to contemplate putting out an edition without Dan Deere yeah. and in the New Eagle. It just wasn't a done thing. It just no. wasn't a done thing. So of course that's when Barry and Dan got on to me. Yeah. Because I was just so, that's when I was recovering from the car my car accident. Mm -hmm. I'd been off for about seven weeks or so. So I was rearing to go again and get get yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. I would already started doing some work, probably a commando cover or something like that. But um, they then came at me and they said, look, we're needing desperately somebody to take on this damn deer stuff. Can you do it? In 1982. And I said, oh, well, I suppose I just said yes. <laughs> yeah. It took off from there. Yeah. But that was a that was a punishing schedule, though. I mean, that was what... Was that a weekly? Fully, yeah, that weekly? weekly. Yeah, weekly. Yeah, fully painted. Yeah. That grew, of course, yeah. from, from a, a, it was a... Full colour centre. That was during his sort of bouffant era, wasn't it? Yeah, very <laughs> yeah, thick. Yeah. Based on Ian, I think. I have no doubt at all. Well, that was, started off as a full colour centre spread. Yeah. And then it uh, went to the cover mm. and the centre spread. Mm. And then it went to back cover. With the plus, the, plus, plus the front, plus, plus the middle. Yeah. yeah. And of course, by that Four time... Four big I, pages. Yes, mm. oh, I. Yeah. So at that, at that point, in fact, when the... When they said, okay, back cover as well, I said, yeah. hold on, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way I'm going to be able to, to, to give you one of these a week. Yeah. Uh, so it ended up, I was doing the cover full colour. Yeah. And the centre spread and the back cover black and white. Right. And John Burns. Uh, pen and ink? John Burns. Or... Uh, pen and ink. Yeah. Right. And John Burns coloured them. Yeah. And he did a pretty good job. He's incredible. Things John Burns, yeah. But that that just I mean that 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 nowadays that schedule would be crippling I think for for an artist oh. to fully paint that artwork to that level know, of um, you know, finish yeah yeah to that level of polish yeah, yeah. for sure admittedly yeah. you could use your uh, background your computer to well it's not the same though so. it's not the same you know I I think that Dan there for strip for me was it stood out because of the, the the level of detail on it that I think if you try to do that digital mm -hmm. and they have brought it back digital yeah. quite recently quite it's same. not the same you know mm -hmm. and, no you know and I think that's what you mean though you can build a model and then reuse it and yeah. so on yeah and they thought I did that in the original yeah. I suppose but in a physical yeah. sense yeah. they would use it to yeah. build, you know it always looks cheap though yeah. it, it looks like a, a prop that's being reused yeah. from something else I it's think people are pretty savvy to the whole CG to some you know, extent I think and, so. and, and yeah. I think that, that you can always tell when people even used it as reference yeah um, somebody you know. text oh it's okay it's just my prescription's ready oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> what is that another pint is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> actually is there another drink yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. same same. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, I'll have sure. a is that a tenant yeah Ian would you want another no that was a that was an Erdinger yeah Oh, that then, yeah, that looks very nice. That's, that's yes, it's a non-alcoholic. Oh, it's non-alcoholic. <laughs> go and have something I'll alcoholic. Have I'm driving you. Oh, Ian, same again. Same again yeah. would be fine, thanks. No, oh, we will. <laughs> no, we have uh, an awful lot of our problems, I think, Dan. If we sit and think about it for a wee while... It could go on forever. We can avoid some of them. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, no. right. With a little bit more kind of careful planning and thought, you can avoid mm -hmm. that. But it is, a lot of it is experience as well. You have to kind of go through... 
the mistakes and then you go oh, well I won't, I won't so, do that again very much so. yeah uh, and yet I don't know either I've got news for you I've been at it for a wee while now mm-hmm. and I still makes the same oh silly, sort of silly <laughs> mistakes I feel yeah. like if I learn a new thing an old thing that I needed to know drops out of my head uh-huh. and I'll need to relearn that at some point you know that's right yeah that's um, the number of times I keep saying halfway along a job and I've, I've, I'm digging myself a hole and I know damn fine what I, sh- what I should have done mm-hmm. was ironed out all the problems at the pencil yes. stage. Yes, yeah, that's right. And you know, as we were saying earlier on, you're keen to get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The I number of times I've said to myself, how have I done this again? Mm-hmm. How have I made this same mistake yeah, again? Yeah. yeah, thank you. And actually, uh, using the acrylic colours... Normally, what I do is a, a black and white ink drawing. Yes. And then I just fill it in, just like Kitty's colouring book. Yeah. You know. You so the the values are all worked out in yes. black and white for, and greys, shades yes, of grey. That's correct. Right. Yes. And then I just using the the uh, acrylic colours, mm. a la watercolour, mm-hmm. and just wash them in. That's incredible. The and it, all of the all of the damn dear stuff was done that way. That's amazing. All of it, but. Now and again, what you do is it doesn't work out quite right. So, of course, you end up using the current colour in pasto sort of thing. Yeah, to fix right? the problem. To fix the problem, yeah. paint over and do it again. Yeah. Then that's when acrylic colours can get up and kick you in the backside. Really? Because that's when they are difficult. Yeah. Because acrylic colours, you mix up your colour, mix up your shade, right? to match what's already been done yeah. in order to rectify this mistake that you've got to try to match. Paint it on. I see where this is going. And it dries darker. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So you've got to find that if you've got yourself into that problem. I, last two or three months, I've got myself twice into this situation. And what I should have done was put it aside and start again. It would have been quicker to have done that than to, than to have gone on yeah. over and over again yeah. trying to rectify it on the original piece of work. Yeah. Would have been better to do it. I couldn't face doing it again entirely from scratch. No, I know. That's uh, what would, that, that would really kind of kill yeah. me. The yeah. idea of drawing everything again, maybe it's different if it's a just a set piece mm-hmm. or a splash page, maybe because the idea of drawing the panels all over again, and it's just, oh. Actually, that's interesting, it. actually. I, oh, I saw a post. Pa- oh, no, I would never think of that. No. If it were a strip, no. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm that, talking really about a... A single. A, a single. Yes, a, yeah, a single image, yeah, that, yeah. That's interesting. Just yesterday, there was a post, I think it maybe came through, um, oh, it was on CBR, uh, funnily enough, but it was about Judge Dredd, and it was about Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon actually took over the Blake 7 strip after you you drew it uh, now I have seen that yeah I have seen that yeah. and, and you know he did a pretty good job of that you know mm-hmm. taking over from you and, and I think Barry Mitchell did some as well yes. um, but, um, but but basically there, there was a strip that went missing a Judge Dredd strip so what they used to have to do is the centre spread was coloured I think by Tom Frame the letterer mm. but that had to get sent in first the double page spread and then the other four pages were there was a different deadline for mm-hmm. that and and this article I read, and I'll put a link in to, to it so people can, can read it, 
um, the other four pages, Tom Frame and Steve Dillon went out on one of their legendary pub calls <laughs> in London, oh God. And, uh, and, and they, they lost the artwork, and oh. it was completely finished. The idea was to hand it in the next day, oh and they lost four pages of, of Judge Dredd's City of the Damned. Four um, pages. Four pages. So over the weekend, they had to do them from scratch. Over two days, they did four pages. Uh, so Steve redrew them, and Tom Frame re-lettered it, handed it on Monday, went back to that pub that they were in on the Friday mm-hmm. and the guy behind the bar said, oh, here's the artwork you want to find on, oh, <laughs> on Friday oh, night. <laughs> but there's a brilliant comparison between the two pages. Yeah. So, so, so on this, uh, on this uh, web article, you can see the original version and the, and yeah, the redrawn, yeah. and it's amazing how close they are. Actually. Yeah, in really. some ways, the one that was done over the weekend is better. Yes. You know? yeah. Yes. So, yeah. You know. okay. I don't know what the moral of that story no. is. But, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Go. Better watch what we do with this artwork here, <laughs> yeah. you know. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, a thing like that, for instance, if I had the same situation happening there, for instance, mm-hmm. that, what I would do uh, is trace it. Yeah, right, yeah. And rather than having to redraw them. That's right, that's just it, yeah. Trace, the yeah. Outline, trace the outline, slap them on, and get going. Yeah. That saves a bit of time. Yeah, no, that, that would work, and that, yeah. And not only a bit of time, but a bit of annoyance and angst. That's right, that. that's right. Because then you have this opportunity as well to, well, maybe I could rethink it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could actually, maybe the whole thing could be reconceptualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're just, then you're in trouble, yeah, really. Exactly. Because, yeah, like, where would that end? But as I say, I've done that twice now. And I said, actually, I said to Gladys just the other day, I said, if I ever do that again, will you kick me before I, <laughs> in, wherever it hurts? Uh, just to remind me not to yeah. do it. <laughs> So what's up? What are you working on at the moment? Well, you know, I know what you've just finished because you brought it along. Uh, I'm just uh, it does today. Commonwealth Garden Commando cover at the moment. Actually, <laughs> I saw a... one that was posted the other day. There was a Polish special, of 80th anniversary, of some Polish uh, cover that they just posted on the on the, on the website. So. Oh yes, it was something about Poland. Yeah. Was that has that just been published? They just they just put it on the website. Yeah, uh-huh, uh, on uh-huh. their, their social media yesterday. Yes, uh-huh. So that's, that's pretty hot off the press, I imagine. Yes. And you've just done a cover for us for Ragtime Soldier, which is mm-hmm. the job we're doing with Pat that's Mills. Right. We did and, it, we yeah. did another one too. Uh, 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 Gordon's managed at long last to get uh, the uh, the ghoulies, the, not the ghoulies. What do we call them? The the uh, characters. Gremlins? No, oh, zombies. The zombies. The zombies. It could have been anything there. We could have got there in the end. It keeps slipping my mind that one. He's at long last managed to get the zombies on the commando cover. Ah, okay. So, so that's, this, yeah. that's just been finished. Yeah. Or, or a couple of weeks. So this is for finished. this is for Halloween, isn't it? I think this is for uh, October. Zombies on a commando so. cover. Yeah. I yes, never thought I'd zombie. see the day. The zombies, yes, and uh, we're now on a, a slightly comical one of the guy, uh, you know, the bicycle chaps uh, in the First World War. There was a regiment that toured around the, the war, uh, the battlefields on, on bicycles. All right, okay. And so this is just a shot of the guy, his bike has hit the pothole. Right. And he's coming to us. <laughs> okay. okay. Sort of. You know, Kate, Kate said, make it slightly comical, but I can't very well do that. Uh, so it's uh, it's happening, but it's not as comical, I think, as she would have mm. liked it to be. Yeah, okay. Interesting. But there's a, 
they're wielding all sorts of uh, new, mm. new, tool, new ideas. Well, that's it. Well, There's been a big yeah. push the Warlord on Commando yeah. uh, over the last few years. Yeah, I think really? um, since the new oh, Edward's taken over. And uh, Keith has just done a cover for Braddock. Yes. In Commander. Yeah, so they're, well. that's, so they're bringing back the old back catalogue, so they've brought back oh, really? Warlord, which which has actually been such a hit, you can't actually get the issue. And if you go into W.H. Smith's, mm-hmm. it's, an, it's disappeared. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's been wow. a huge spike. I, I had a, yes, I had a meeting a, yesterday. There's a, yeah, there's a chap went, uh, he was on Facebook. He said he went in to find it. Someone had been in before and bought the whole All of them. Yeah, that's yeah. what yeah. happened. With its painted covers, things like Commando and Warlord look like nothing else on the yeah, show. Exactly. There's nothing else. No exactly. other comic looks nothing like else, it. No. 2000 AD to some extent, but even then the dimensions are different. Yeah, yeah. And 2000 AD, I have to say, tends to have quite muddy colours covers these days that don't pop. Yeah, yeah. Whereas things like Commando and Warlord, it's always very kind of like vivid, strong mm-hmm. colours. It's always very, very kind of eye catching. The only problem is the scale of the of the company. We were talking. Is it still small. It's still small. I so we were that. we were talking great. about what you could do is yeah. bring back the spinner rack. You yeah. know, because I think the problem with it, they work on the spinner rack, but then when they're on a shelf, they easily fall behind other publications. Yeah. Although sometimes I would see them with their own they'll, little they'll special. Have that, but then that has to be paid for no, by right, the publisher, yeah. and then that's a huge cost. Yeah. To the, you know, it always look cracking though. It always look yeah, really nice. It does stick out. Yeah, I like that chapbook kind of look that the. It, it, there's something kind of European about that. Yeah, so, there is. It's so very unique. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, there used to be a rumour that it was, it was that size so that, you know, the squaddies could put them in their pockets. Yeah, must sense. have a look at these 2000 AD covers. I haven't seen any of the latest ones. You see the... There's a little... The uh, well, for one thing, but they tend to be shelved... Um, away, they're almost up, up on a top like in an shelf, adult, oh. like in like the adult, adult section, yeah, yeah like in sort of pornography, yeah. mm-hmm. such as you get these. You don't really get that that much these, these days. The pornography is two thousand eight in Judge Dredd magazine, <laughs> yeah, side yeah. by side. You look yeah. up and you never really feel disappointment. But you see that. But you see um, that's that's the problem because back when I was a kid. See, it was a dangerous comic that was yeah. beside the ego and That's it was right. beside the victor and it was beside mm. the But it was still a comic. Or, yeah. Uh, it was still with the comics. Yeah. yeah. So the, it tends, first of all, it tends to be secreted, very yeah. often in a poly bag. I mean, I know that's, maybe that's more Judge Dredd. Yeah, it's magazines in a poly bag. Right. Poly bag. Um, and I don't know, it just washes over you somehow. You just don't kind of, uh, very often it's a sort of negligible what, what cover. What size is the Rebellion? About A4? No, it's, it's not really it's A4 anymore. It's sort of off A4. Yeah. It's sort of a square. It's shorter than yeah, it's square. It's square. Right. But I mean, 2008 was always like that. You must have a look at the, must go into the newsstand and have a look. Yeah. Mm. But the newsstand has changed so much that actually most people will get, I mean, I, I, I subscribe to it, so I don't mm. pick up in the news agent, so yeah. I get it delivered. Mm. It's like being on a kid again, so it comes yeah. in the newspaper. That's like, nice, yeah. And then same with Commando, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, same with the Beano, I have a subscription to that, you mm. know, for, all for research I, purposes, I obviously. In, in conversation, I broached the subject of size, uh, the size of Commando being mm. so, so small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one wonders, if it had been any bigger, would it have been any more successful? Because it's a very handy I'm not size. So, no, I, I think there's something there's something dinky and inherently and, collectible and about it. it yeah, in your pocket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pocket yeah. Size. There's yeah. a there's a neatness to it, and it also yeah, I think it makes it an easier read because each page is two panels. Mm-hmm. So it's a more it's a, it's it's yeah, it's just an easier read. Yes, I think it's a quicker you're right read. Yeah. It's an easier but, read. But it's not an easier draw because no. it sounds like it is because it's, oh, it's only two panels a page. So if you do the math on it, it sounds like, well, that's X amount to a normal panels, copy. Yeah. You know, but the problem with a commando script and a commando, you know, what you have to illustrate is everything's in that panel. 
There's yeah. no shortcuts, so it's everything. So the tanks, the backgrounds, mm. the, the insignia, mm. the uniforms. Yeah. There's, there's no skimping on I've that. I've seen one or two that's just a, a surprised-looking squaddy, though. I've <laughs> yeah, seen that. that occasionally, though. You I know, mean, like, for effect. I mean, mostly, you know. I mean, we did a, a job recently where we coloured some old commando uh, raider, Ramsey's Raiders, and it took a lot longer to colour than, mm. than I anticipated because of mm -hmm. the amount of detail in each panel. Mm. And it's, everything's everything's in there, you know. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. no there's no kind of mm -hmm. it's it's not stylized in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a tougher gig than people anticipate to draw the interiors. Now I know you did mm -hmm. what five interior commandos, yes. Ian, I think, yes. in, in your time. Um, did you enjoy that that process? I enjoyed. I enjoy, I quite enjoyed doing them. Uh, but then, of course, there was pressure of work from other uh, other quarters. So mm. Of course, I didn't do any more. I, did I, did I do five? Yeah. Did you, yeah, yeah. Mainly aircraft stuff. Anyway, yeah, mostly. Which, of course, that's your wheelhouse. As that's, they say. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> rolls off the, yeah. the pen, no no problem at all. Yeah. Would you do one, Dan? Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I wouldn't be under any illusions though as to how much work it and and how much research it would be, mm -hmm. and how exacting the standards are. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you can sort of see there's an awful lot of um, craft and care that goes on that goes into each issue of Commando. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I wouldn't go in thinking, oh, it's only two panels per page. I'll just mm. you know, I'll shit that. Yeah, I'll be my, fine. You know, you late, can see it's more, there's more to it than that. Gordon Livingston. He was a very idiosyncratic style. Yeah. But when when you sit down and read some of the ones that are being reprinted these days, which I've been doing lately, mm -hmm. uh, and especially when I've seen a one done by Gordon, and I just see James. He did. 300 north. Good 360, God. 360, yeah. I think. Altogether. Right up until 90. I think he retired in 1999, I recall. That's yeah. a real body of work, isn't it? Though? Huge. Wow. 63 pages. Yeah. I mean. And uh, his, as I say, a very idiosyncratic. Yeah. When you, when you see the way he's portrayed the individuals. Yeah. Etc. Sometimes. The, the the proportions of the figures can be a bit iffy mm. if you're going to be, you know, particular about it, particularly yeah. critical yeah. about from the from the art point of view. But his he had this wonderful knack of being able to put over an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. they're all very atmospheric. That's the great thing yes, I find about these yes. and, these books. Was, yeah, he, I don't know. Very difficult to describe just what he did, but he. He took those scripts and he translated them into visuals. Yeah. And they really did take on a, another, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Yeah, another viable, really. Yeah, mm -hmm. went, up, went up another way. Because to be honest, it was and the clarity of the storytelling as well was mm -hmm. in there. It, was, it wasn't, it, it was very clear what was going on. There's a yes. fearlessness as well where it comes to the approach to ink which I really admire, mm. which I don't see a lot of in American comics, but you can see it in Commando, mm -hmm. um, where the page will be like dripping in ink, like mm -hmm. really black, big, yeah. bold blacks, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, very, very black skies, yeah. and kind of faces that are half in shadow. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. That's and a masterclass in its own right, about how to do, let's say, atmosphere. Oh, yeah, exactly, that composite, black and white composition. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, but yeah. also yeah. what Ian, uh, what, um, what Gordon did really mm -hmm. well, I think, was the use of the zip tone as well? Oh yes. So he I used it. He that used was, that. That's so a tremendous well. joke yeah. in the office was about it? zip tone. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. But uh, yes, he he used it 
very imaginative. Mm. Didn't he? Mm -hmm. Fantastic the way he could just. Do you know what? I have to tell you a story about about Gordon. We did an event with Ian at the Tower Building, the university just across the road. I don't know if you remember a scene, but remember we had some of the original art uh -huh. for Commando. I think it was for the anniversary. It might have been 2011, actually, mm. I think, for the, I think it was the 50th anniversary of, of Commando. I'm sure it was. Uh -huh. And we had some art, so Ian's covers, they, they opened up the archive and they brought yeah. some of like, Gordon's stuff in. And they gave us lots of comp copies of Commando um, to give away on, on the night for the public launch. And I'll never forget this. So we had a good night and I'd never met um, Gordon Livingston before. He came along and he was in good spirits and we had a good laugh. Yeah. At the end of the night, uh, he he sort of filled he filled his jacket up with like like lots of the free Commando comics and walked out the door with them. Right? <laughs> and then about two weeks later at work, uh, I got a phone call at the art college. I got a phone call from reception to say, um, there's, there's, there's someone has just dropped it by uh, with uh, a box full of Commando comics that he wants to g give back to you." And it was like he'd got the guilt. He'd got the guilt. He came back with the box and returned them. You know, that was funny. You know, I think he was probably owed those. To be fair, you know, yeah, he was quite a character actually. And you must have done covers for the interiors that he did. I imagine you must have done. The I, did, well, yeah. I did a lot of the covers yeah. for him, but he did he did a few covers himself yeah. as well. Yeah, and he never really worked on anything else, did he? Really? Yeah. yeah. He, it was pretty much solely Commando. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You wouldn't see much crossover between the Commando artists. No. There seemed to be a, a definite stable that was really locked into that. You wouldn't see them suddenly crossing over with um, that 2000 AD, mm. for instance, mm -hmm. or any other kind of UK yeah. comic. It's very, very rare. I think it's that thing very about DC Thompson's yeah. looking after and their staff. And yeah. You know, very much you know. so. Yes, you see, Gordon uh, was staff, uh, although he was uh, for, after a certain time. They, they would give the artist the choice of working at home, yeah. but still remaining on the staff. Oh, really? So they then got, of course, they got their pension and their gold watch. Mm -hmm. when, and that's that's what happened. Gordon uh, got his pension and his gold watch, and he put his brushes down, and that was it. He didn't that's do it anymore. You've got to admire that, but then it's not something you've done, Ian. No. I mean, you're still... I would actually argue that Ian is more prolific now than you were maybe 20 years ago, mm. <laughs> you know. It seems not, to be... Not churning it out the same. Well, not churning it out, but still working let's put, consistently. Let's put it this way, Phil. I don't know what it is. I have a, I have a, I have a feeling, a funny sort of quite happy feeling, Dan. I, I think I'm more of an artist now than I, than I was an illustrator. I was an illustrator before. Right, OK. When I'm involved in doing this sort of thing, yeah. I feel that my talent as an artist yeah. is being more uh, used, mm. yeah. if you get me, yeah. Yeah. Asked, uh, you know, drawn upon. Yeah, well that's a different thing because you commission in a different way. Yes. It's not as prescriptive, so it'll be like, here's an idea. Yeah. And actually when I pitched the idea for the ragtime cover to Ian, mm. I was only halfway through the pitch and Ian actually took over and went, well maybe we could do this, so then I went, yeah, yeah okay, let's just do that then, you yeah. know, yeah. so it's a different thing. So you're thing, sort of you know. defining your own brief yeah. to some extent, mm. you're coming up with your own yeah. Which is the way, yeah. I mean, there's no way, I mean, even, I remember even Pat said in an interview I did with, with Pat, he said that, you know, he's very prescriptive when, and likes to be on top of the artists that he's working with, mm -hmm. and he said the exception to the rule was Ian, actually, mm. he said, you yeah. know, it'd be like, oh, with Ian, I would just say, well, there's a script, just go and do it, <laughs> <laughs> 
but that's that's a good freedom to have, and it takes uh, obviously experience and years to. Yeah. I think, yes, I think I think an awful lot of it. Uh, I've been extremely lucky to have been born with a talent. Obviously, we all are. If mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, doubly so. The I seem to have a a colours a, a sense of yeah, colour. Yeah. Yeah. Not only in colours, but. The temperatures of the colours yeah, play around yeah. with the temp- colour temperatures. Um, I just, I don't know. Just if I think of your work, it's always got a lovely um, vividness to it. The colours are really kind of eye-catching. Mm-hmm. They really pop, you know. Yes, I think I think what got that really going, Dan, was doing Dan Deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you could really go to town with. The space action scenes, etc. Yeah. yeah, and the yeah. printing quality um, enhanced, well, not enhanced that, but gave you the opportunity to do that because most of the mm-hmm. other comics were letterpress at the time. That's correct. You know? yeah. yes, yes. So, did you feel daunted following in the footsteps of, um, I would say, Frank Hampson? Yeah. Is that right? Did you feel daunted following in? Uh, no, uh, because I was not a great, I'm not a great admirer of Frank Hampson's stuff. No, right. Um, I often used to wonder. Uh, when it first came out, of course, in, what was it, 51? Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, of course, a tremendous explosion, wasn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A new eagle. Yeah. Uh, the whole concept, yeah. it wasn't just a comic, it was a, an informative sure. magazine yeah. for children. Mm-hmm. Um, tremendous, as I say, the only word I can think of is an explosion. Uh, but as time has gone on, and I've looked at... Frank Hampson stuff over there, and I did admire it to start with mm. as a young lad because I was only, what, 21, 22 around about then. Um, as time went on, I've, especially when I started doing The New Eagle, yeah. I began to feel terribly dissatisfied with Hampson's work. Mm. It was stiff. Yes. And at times quite unimaginative. Could I was you, going to say, did you feel that it lacked dynamism? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, do you think yeah. that's because of the references we were talking earlier about the models and the headshots and that's the right. studio setup? Actually, exactly. Yeah. There was he, a studio. He, he relied very much on models. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, having having members of his staff uh, adopting poses, yeah. yeah. He would draw them. Uh, so it was all correct, was, but none of it was terribly exciting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. And even the like of it, was it Don Harley mm-hmm. and one or two of the other artists who followed on yeah. in, in his footsteps sort of thing. Yeah. They, 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 seemed to be, they seemed to catch the same virus. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think of you as part of that wave of 70s artists. I know you'd been working prior to that, mm-hmm. but who I think of as kind of like gun runners. Like they sort of like they came out just like, like, a, like an explosion of yeah. excitement and just kind of really in your face, you know what I mean? In terms of uh, dynamism, in terms of like rich colours. Um, and I, I suppose the 1950s was quite staid. Yes. You know, and it was, that, was, that was what was expected. And I was seeing this as ahead of its time because, again, because of the printing process, it was full colour. Yeah. It was something a bit different. It was talking about science fiction. Yeah. But it wasn't actually that dynamic. No, I tried, I bought a, uh, a collection of, uh, his, of, of Hanson's... Uh, Dan there recently yeah. with a view to learning something from it 
because I know he's a great, you know. Yes. And I found myself uh, admiring it more than I was enjoying it. Mm. Yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was yeah. technically mm-hmm. really, really and good. And it was of its time as well, yeah, in a way. Right. Yeah. I think actually I realised when, and it was controversial at the time when Frank Bellamy took it over, he took oh, over, but he loved Frank Bellamy. He took over for a yeah. year only, I, I think. Yeah. I was about to say there were other artists who knocked Frank Hampson at that time into a court tap, yeah. quite honestly, in my, in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, Frank Bellamy and one or two others artists I'm trying to say. But the Frank, the Frank Bellamy run, that was, was quite controversial at the time because it was such a radical change in yeah. style mm-hmm. and a shift. Tonal shift. Yeah. I think it reverted back after uh, after Frank Bellamy did, did back to what it was before. Yeah. You know, yeah, but if you see Frank Bellamy's um, Thunderbirds, oh yeah, like the Thunderbirds are like this. Yeah, on TV, but, but on the page like, they're like this. Those, you know, those really double page spreads are punching amazing. out at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. and he drew great vehicles. Yeah. And, yeah, he gave the characters much more life than they yeah. ever had on the on the show. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then you've got the nineteen seventies Dan Dare. <laughs> Which is, I don't know if you're part of that he did, sort of group. Was it Gibbons? He, it was Gibbons. It yeah. was Gary Leach for a bit. There was also um, Bernardo Nelly. Yeah, right. Bernard That's Nelly. what I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. That really wild period where he's got where Dandy has an axe. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a living, the living axe. axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the bio, the bios, the bios. Yeah, a, and I read that recently. Yeah, yeah. and that's a crazy. That is time. crazy. That is insane. That is comments. crazy. Now you, you, I remember you did do, you did draw the seventies Dan there because you did it in the annual. Remember that, uh, yeah, that issue you did, and he had the leather jacket on, the slick <laughs> yeah. back hair. He looked a bit like David Bowie crossed with yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dan there. That was modelled on Dave's. Yes. Dave's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 What did you think of that? As a, uh, I was never totally happy with it. Yeah, it's yeah. very aggressive. It's a, it's a very aggressive take on the character, isn't it? It's uh, he's a little. He's got a touch of the barbarian to yes. him. But he was meant to be the lead character, and it just didn't mm-hmm. turn out that way. Because no, Dredd took it over. Yeah. Really, you know what I mean? You can sort of see the thinking behind it. You know. Yeah. Uh, we need that figurehead. Yeah. You know? But it was kind of deeply flawed, you know, and, and I know Pat doesn't have a lot of time for it, even though it was his sort no. he, he struggled to, to get that up and running in the first place because they couldn't get the right artist for it yeah. and it just felt too staid and it yeah. was either too 1950s or it was too radical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that made the 1980s Dandale work was the stuff that Pat was trying to do with the 2000D one but didn't do. So when it, when you were drawing it, Ian, it was more like a NASA type feel later on. It was more real. It was like he was a space was cadet. It, and, yeah. You know, yes. and, because it was very much influenced by NASA at that yeah. time because that was when all the the space exploration oh. was really taking off. The space shuttle. So it's even, we even in an we episode of it. We were yeah. constantly seeing it on the television screens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, newspapers, yeah. magazines. So it couldn't do, what, couldn't, couldn't do anything but have an influence on mm. my But was Digby still there? No. Not Digby's they brought, gone. No, they brought him back though. Did they? Very, okay, so you know how like the, the, was the, he a computer called Digby? No, no, that would have been, that's how I would. That would have been that would have been cleverer <laughs> than, than what happened. So basically, Ian was drawn the great 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 grandson of the original dad right. there. That's right. And then and Pat created a character called Scobie, which is basically Digby. Yeah. With mm-hmm. darker hair, and you, you drew uh, Scobie, and he was like he was that's he was right. groomed to be Digby. That's yeah. who he was going to be. But yeah. when Pat Pat stopped writing. Dan Dare, the new uh, writer, which was Barry, he kind of jettisoned the, the old characters and just concentrated on Dan. Uh-huh. 
so he was sort of a solo figure for a few years and then yeah. eventually they decided to, to bring Digby back but it was basically the great 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 grandson of Digby he was exactly right. the same as the original yeah. Digby you know so <laughs> that makes like, sense you know yeah. but so it was a missed opportunity to use Scobie as the, the Digby yeah. for the new yeah. band there, I know. would have made him like a computer D-I-G-B-Y digital <laughs> interstellar I'll think of something. Jordy, like, I don't know. He's not Jordy, is he? He's like he's, he's from the north. He's from I the think. north. Yeah, 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 from the north. Yeah. No. Yeah, we'll come I back come to that. something. Yeah. Bye, yeah. I want to see you draw that, actually. <laughs> it would be a face, a, a chubby face on a screen. On a screen. Yeah. <laughs> but you, actually, you used to draw. Hey, up, the, the I'm Digby. <laughs> That's a winner, that. That's his whole spin off. Uh, I think you should pitch yeah, that. I definitely. Dan Deere Corporation, who you own it now, you know. I'll pitch it to 2008. I'll see how that goes over. But, there was, but actually, when you, drew it, you did draw a lot of the robots in there as well. So there was a few robots that were sidekicks to Dan Dare. So there was, uh, there was JJ, who was a, he was a, ta- he was a robotic taxi with a Scottish accent that, um, that, um, that John I Wagner wrote. Strangely enough, I can't remember. You can't, you can't remember. And then, the, de- and then, the details, yeah. I remember the general. J- there was JJ, and he was okay. like a robot who was so crazy, he, he amputated the wrong arm of yeah. one of the characters, uh, that's, Sugar. That's and, very 2008, yeah, isn't it? it is, yeah. And he had, a, he had a robotic arm instead, uh, Sugar right. uh, yeah. Robinson. And then later on, there was Robo One, which was like, uh, a, like a, almost an R2-D2 type. That's character. Right, yeah. Are these is, all in the Dan Dare strip? This is in the new, the new, oh, yeah, right, the new wow. Dan Dare, yeah, yeah. yeah and it, so right. there was always a sort of robot sidekick. And of course, just around that time, wasn't it? That's when Wildcat came out. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. And there was a robot in that, which was that half was, chimpanzee, half yes, robot chimp, brain. There was, a yeah. chimp, there was a chimp involved. Yeah. yeah. Was that one of your and, creations? Yes. <laughs> that, that was, and there was this little, this, there was a little sort of great character who would be quite small and yet he oh would yeah yeah that's the he was like a, he looked a bit like one of the tin robots from the follow-up to the wizard of oz the, the 80s, yeah yeah you know, the return to us yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know remember who wrote the script it was barry was it barry it was barry barry yeah. wrote most of that yeah. stuff didn't he yeah he did yeah that's right yeah because that's been reprinted quite recently and yeah, i think this year they're bringing out loner they're they bringing out some more. They're bringing out some more, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed doing that black and white stuff. That yeah. was quite good. Yeah, because you created was, all those characters. That must actually. have been before Dan. No, it was after. Oh, was it after, it was Dan? after Yeah, that was the last release that IPC did that was a boys' comic, as they called mm-hmm. them. And it had a, a, a sort of. Um, a story arc of the spaceship, a bit like yes. what you're doing, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, there's the spaceship and there's yes. all the characters you know, yeah, the, in there. The main character was, um, what's his name? What? Turbo. Uh, Turbo Jones? Turbo yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Who was you stuff, sort of you? a suggestion from I didn't get out much when I was there. I sort of put flesh on the bones Yeah. Barry's suggestion. But that's interesting because you did all the character designs and, and then other artists had Kit to McGee. copy that. Kitten McGee. McGee. She was the female character who Jose Ortiz drew. Yeah, she and right, Bernardinelli she? drew Joe Alien. <laughs> so yes. there's a Bernardinelli drawing that as well. Mm-hmm. Ron Smith drew a bit of that as well. Loner was drawn by uh, David Pugh mm-hmm. and later on Eric Bradbury. And mm-hmm. you know, so again, but you set the template for all those characters. Does Rebellion have all of this? Yeah, time? they do now. Yeah, yeah they own I, all that. I remember drawing out the sketch sketches of these characters yeah. to get Barry to okay them. Oh. 
I still have. I, I don't have the sketches. I have prints of them, but yeah. I don't know where the sketches ever went. But you said to me that you were quite proud of that work, even though it was sort of just black and white, and it was after yeah, the so Dandy. Yeah, I was very happy with that. Yeah, and when you're doing your work, Dan, mm -hmm. mostly colouring-wise, do you? Farm that out, or do you someone else would yeah, colour yeah, yeah. it. But yeah. would you like to do your time? Permitted? Yeah, you know, yeah. You... Or at least I'd like to have final approval of a, of whatever colours yeah. come in, and usually there isn't time for that. But I think it was David Mazzucelli who said, he, "You want to be the last person to have your hands on the artwork before it goes out the door." Yeah. So you want to, no, that's not possible. Yeah, yeah. But in an ideal world, you should be seeing it before it goes out and going. Well, that's not what I intended, and we need to tweak that. And, and do you get them back? Do you get, do you get the colours back in time to see? No, can you, no, you don't. No. Not at all. Um, on some projects that I've worked on, yeah, you'll you'll get to see it. But I, I sort of gave up giving notes because you have to try and convey a note that they would completely understand. And very often you would you'd say, no, I'd like that to be kind of warmer, or I'd like that to be cooler, or I saw more flames there, or more more of a kind of a flame effect. Mm -hmm. And then they'll come back and it'll be wrong they'll have interpreted your note wrongly and you were better off just kind of basically leaving it as it was yeah. mm. otherwise you end up just just tinkering with, trying to tinker with their thought process and you're better off just kind of leaving it and, and trusting them to some extent that they'll understand what you've yeah. what you've done and uh, uh, that choice or is that out of your control so it's an editorial decision of who colours yes. it yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, um, it depends who I've worked with um, some publishers have said we'd like to work with this colourist and what do you think? And they'll show, they'll send me samples, uh, and I'll go, oh, that works. Um, but very often they just go, we've got this guy, and he's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is that the the sample work that they'll show you will be good, but then the monthly grind means that they're not going to be able to reproduce that that caliber of work. Yeah, yeah. And they won't. This is this is this won't be the only book they're coloring either. Yeah. They'll be coloring numerous yeah. books. Yeah. Um, but all I do is moan about my job. I really feel that any time I ask something, I always go, because I want to say something interesting. So you end up just kind of complaining. But usually, you know what? Almost every colorist I've worked with has brought out something interesting or intriguing. So I, being in that production line is sometimes kind of a good thing because yeah. they see something there that you didn't recognize and they kind of tease that out. Yeah. And they, they add atmosphere or they change the atmosphere. But in an ideal um, world, that could be really in nice. an ideal world, do you do it I would do the whole thing myself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and when I started out, I did the whole thing myself. But I'm a very, very slow colorist. You'd rather take it all the way. All the, the whole way. Lettering, everything. I'd rather do the whole thing myself. So yeah, you've written scripts as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't worry yeah. too much about the lettering, but you would obviously like to do the, the color all the way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And I, but lettering as well, I'd like to letter directly on the boards. I feel oh, that something has been lost with that. Yeah. Um, you, there's more flexibility now because you can digitally lettering you can change the script yes. the, right up to the last minute practically but I would rather have it on the board and you just you know publish and be down it does feel more real and I have to say I do miss the old me Pat Mills have talked about this a lot when he said that half the success of 2000 AD initially was how good the lettering job was yeah for sure on yeah. the, and actually yeah. there's something lost in that now yeah. because you try and make the lettering look as undigital as possible that's right and it still looks digital but it always does you know, it always has this kind of sits generic on top, you know and it's too that's sharp right. it floats over the artwork and when you yeah. put it into the art yeah. I mean you see old artwork and the, the, the art like you've got some examples Ian that I've seen with Tom Frame's lettering pasted right onto your artwork yes and there's something and, and Jack Potter as well and some of it just looks so much what I would like to do integrate. is to be able to hand someone a, a piece of finished artwork and they can read it 
They can read all the all the all the sound effects are there. All the text is and there. The eye flows, and the, the eye flows. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And they can see, they can read the whole thing as yeah. a piece. And that's when I really feel like I've really finished a page. Yeah. If I can pick it up and I read it, it's just like a big comic in its own right. And that's lost because of that production line yeah. and because of the digitalization of. Um, yeah things like lettering and that know. kind of production line thing which yeah you know, and, and the thing is it's so important about you know where the eye wants to go in the yeah. page yeah. when a letter goes in there with a different idea yeah. and, and it's trying to maybe work around your art yeah. sometimes or doesn't get where your, your I, placement I, is you I, I think they, t- they tend to be pretty good because if you if you leave enough room then there's, no, yeah. there's not really going to be a problem yeah. so that's really what you have to be mindful of yeah. but it seemed to me more fun to not just leave room but to write in the put in the writing yeah, yourself, yeah. you know, and you also feel a bit more like a storyteller that way. Well, you're not just doing the artwork; you are writing yes, it. Yeah. But you're also you. It's also part of you, of your of, of your composition. Yes, exactly. That's exactly End right. Story. Yeah, yeah. That's so you, right. That's you're right. going to fit it into that, just that area wherever. Yeah. To suit the action yeah. in the frame. Yeah. Sort of. Yes, exactly. And you can do a thing where if there's a lot of dialogue, you can have no background. You can just have the figure mm-hmm. stark white effectively and then just the, the dialogue around them or the text around them. And mm-hmm. that has power as well. Yes. And you don't get to make those decisions. You don't get to have those decisions with the way we have it now. Yeah. You know? But again, I found myself moaning about my job again. I do really, <laughs> really love my job. But it's not moaning about it. No. It's, it's just, it, you're, you just want what you do to yeah. be the best that it can be yeah. within yeah. the restrictions of what it what it is and if know. I look at the way indie comics are done indie comics now are done much more in the way that um, uh, mainstream comics used to be done back in the day where mm-hmm. everything is done on the board yep. you know the, yep. the artist is also a letterer yep. is also a designer is essentially a one stop shop you know um, and we had in those days too Don, we had letterers who were artists yeah they should they be. Speci- they should be. They specialised in letters. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were. Uh, they, they knew how to insert captions or balloons mm-hmm. to suit. Yeah, that's something like Tom Frame. I assume was an artist. Yes. Yeah, yes. and the, but therefore has an understanding mm-hmm. of how of they should. It should the all be integrated. The yeah. Balance and continuity. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Actually. I've just answered an email after answer, guys. So that's, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep chatting about yourselves. Uh, We've dried up. Oh, no, it's a shame. <laughs> it's okay, we'll cut this bit out. <laughs> but yeah, the ideal for me is to do a um, to do a strip where I've done the whole thing. I feel like it's a presentation of your um, all your skills as well. Exclamation mark! That's there. what you call it. That's conversation stopper. <laughs> that was my fault, actually. Yeah. I apologise, but I have to. I'm firefighting but, uh, an email. No, I, I, uh, I did some work for some time uh, for the Swedish company, Egmont. Uh, over in Stockholm. Yes, uh, they were Egmont Fleetway for a while, Fleetway, weren't they? That's yeah. right. And a chap called Norman Worker was the scriptwriter. Mm-hmm. And Norman was I think I think he started out in editorial, but he ended up trying to be a scriptwriter. Right. And he, he just didn't have the imagination. No. He didn't he does I, I don't think he could visualise you know, a, a story yeah. the, the continuity, etc. Yeah, et yeah. It certainly 
he never sparked me off. No. He's about the only scriptwriter that I can say that I've, over the years, not derived some sort of spark that gets, yeah. gets me going. Yeah. The, the slightest. But Norman was, was quite stultifying in it. Yeah. And the artist is generally very receptive. It doesn't take much to spark us off. No. You know what I mean? Even if it's just the bare bones or the sort of That's fumes right. of an idea, right. we can see, oh, if you did this and you did that, you could flesh it out and you could add mm-hmm. this and you could really turn it to something. That's right. So to, to receive a script that sparks nothing in you whatsoever, there's something very special about that. <laughs> uniquely bad. <laughs> in fact, actually, I did... Was it one? Just one script? I think I did one episode myself. Oh, just right. in an effort to right, try okay. and get yeah get spark it up going. into something yeah but eventually I had to say no I've I've had enough and that's, yeah that was it end of story so known as Tybalt oh yeah so, yes uh, yeah yeah I, I know the, the and that's actually a really it's frustrating for a British point of view because uh, that's something that would be great to see uh, adapted and uh, translated. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a body of work there that you did for that. Yes, yes. That's sitting out it there. It was quite a big form. Yeah. Mm. I must have, must have examples of it somewhere around. Because I used to take photocopies of this stuff before I sent it off to Sweden in case it went missing. Yeah. So I've got the rolls of the photocopies somewhere in the article. Your house must be a treasure trove. <laughs> there's a fair amount of yeah. stuff. Very meagre as far as original artwork yeah. is concerned, I'm afraid. But there you go, that's the way it is. Why is that? Was it just not returned to you? Because uh, that was the tradition most of for a long did, time. Uh, yes, most of the publishers, they, they hung on to the stuff. I remember when I worked in uh, DC Thompson, there were drawers and drawers oh, of original yes. artwork. Full of stuff. Yeah. Never going to be, never returned, never going to be returned. No, no, and and most, a lot of it just destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievably so. It is, it is, it is basically obscene, yeah. really. No, no, yeah. and that's the thing. So, I mean, recently there was a book of your work mm-hmm. that was from the archive, and obviously yeah. Yeah. there's there's more sort of gems in there, you know. I mean, would you be oh, happy yeah. to see that I mean, stuff get... Uh, as Gordon said, their, their main problem was knowing what to leave on. Right, OK. Yeah. There's, well, when you think on it, 70 years, there must be a... Must be a hell of a lot of stuff lined up. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a huge body of work. I mean, do you have you kept a hold of most of your original art? I think you, so. Yeah. Um, but I'm quite sloppy with it as well, so I've not been that assiduous in terms of keeping it nice. Mm. Debs is better at that than yeah, me. Yeah. Debs will kind of go in, right, put this in a box, and write on the box what it is. I'd be like, oh, Debs, just in it, <laughs> just destroy it. I always think of the story of Steve Ditko using his. Um, original artwork which must be worth a bloody fortune yeah. using its draft excluders and coffee coasters oh no that happens I, I like don't that. think artists don't appear. I mean Colin McNeil he's done some stuff for us at the art yeah. college and as a graduate of Duncan and Jordan, he came in uh, to do a class and he said, he said to me oh I fished these roughs out of the bin and they were very yeah. finished roughs yeah. 30 pages and he went do you want them like, well, because we're making <laughs> stuff continually yeah I know so what's the point of keeping all the old stuff if you're making new stuff all the time yeah, you're just going to reach a point where the house is just kind of full no, no, and you exactly, can't move exactly mm-hmm. you know and also to some extent there's a part of me that doesn't want to see the old stuff either because it's embarrassingly bad or it's frustratingly better than what I'm doing now so you kind of feel like you have somehow kind of walked backwards you've walked backwards one. into mediocrity and you're kind of like 
Look at this. Look how good I used to be. I don't need to be reminded how good I used to be and how fearless I used to be. <laughs> okay, I can see this. You know? Yeah, it's cathartic. You just, it's, it's, it's not even that. You just want to kind of forget it. And you have to also kind of live to some extent in the, in the present and in the future rather than the past because the past is not going to necessarily pay out. Mm. Whereas the work you do now, true. you know, is going to pay out. That's very you know? true. Well, that's the thing. It is a, a medium where it is very, it's quite an immediate medium because of the nature of the frequency too. yeah and the yeah. frequency of yeah. it as well so you're right you can't although having said that now there is a huge market for that you know heritage brands yeah and that's or, right and that's or, sure or, and know, artists editions yeah things. exactly yeah. well that's the thing i know? remember yeah. seeing this was quite recently some of my artwork um, nicely framed up in a forbidden planet in newcastle mm-hmm. and just being just like seeing it in a new way and i'm like this just this last week before i sent this artwork here this was all just gathering dust in my room. Like literally, I had to wipe spiders and cobwebs off it before I kind of ship <laughs> it. And now I'm seeing it all sort of framed. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is actually it's pretty VR. good. That's this is this VR. looks nice. That's what it is, but you see that people want to see that. Yeah, they, but you're sort of seeing it through other people's eyes when you see it in that context. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're seeing it as a punter, and you go, "Hey, this guy's good. Who's this guy?" And you're like, well, "It's me." Just <laughs> <laughs> standing beside it. Said he wanted. But that's the thing, though. No, but to far be it from me to say. Yeah. <laughs> Most comic artists are too, you know, they're, they're, they are too modest. That's they tend the thing. to be. It's and true, that's yeah. that's holds holds a lot of comic artists back because because there has been that uh, expectation of how it's easy to do or it's not yes. real art or that's right. It's that's disposable. Right. And actually, anyone and you two guys know this better than any anyone. It's really difficult yeah. to do, <laughs> and it's really time. But there is a name for that that particular kind of fallacy, the logical fallacy of. Because I'm good at this, it must be easy. Mm. But it's uh, but it's not easy. You just yeah. have to put in years and years and years and years of practice, exactly. and you think about it all the time. So yeah. you've made it easy for yourself. But because it seems yeah. easy to you, it also sort of seems disposable somehow. And some years goes, oh, I could never do that. And you said, well, you could. You just mm-hmm. have to do it for about twenty years, and you probably yes. could. You yes. know. Yes. Um, Somehow, what I've just said there is also is self-deprecating, but also really arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a skill. <laughs> that's a, it's just—it's so confusing. <laughs> kind of explains what I was on about this business of uh, now. I feel, for the word of a better term, I feel kind of not. I'm an artist now, as mm. opposed to an yeah. illustrator. Mm. An illustrator—it was a job. Up in the morning, script. Mm-hmm. Get on with it. Get the job done. Off in the post, etc., etc. Yes. Just you know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a totally different situation. It's a generally one-off sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, commissions, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I'm beginning to feel my my um, imagination, my uh, voice. Is, the whole thing is is coming together. Yes. And yeah. What, what's been lying sort of dormant. Uh, sort of artistic instinct. I yes. Suppose, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Sort of lying dormant. Yeah. I've, it's been just been brought to the surface yeah. now and again to to help me make my living. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Now it's a totally different situation altogether. Yeah. yeah. And I'm beginning to feel. I look at something that I've done there now, and I see to myself. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would never have said that to myself years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting though, isn't it? I mean, 
Because I've got to remember, I mustn't become delusional. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you must. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you must. This is the thing. But I mean, that, that, this that's, is... that's exactly right. I, I think that's, I'm in the throes of that first stage that you're talking about, that stage of being an illustrator, because that's basically my day. Script, mm-hmm. thumbnailing. Penciling, inking. You are the you are the uh, production line. It's a production. That's and it, that's it. And so there's very little room for um, uh, kind of self congratulation. There's very little room for for your for voice for a voice to come through, or any sense of like a vision. You just are trying to affect because it's somebody else's script for one thing. You're trying to execute their vision. Um, so the best job you can do is basically not to trample on their script, not to trample on their ideas, to flesh them out, but not to overwhelm them. That's you know? right. That's right. And if they're happy with yeah. what you come up with, then that, that's, that's it. That's, that's it. right. And the best reward you can get is like, well, will you come back for another month? Will you come yes. back again? And we'll, uh-huh. ke- we'll keep giving you the work because yes. the work is good. Exactly. But it's not the same as creating a piece where you can kind of express yourself to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what you're talking about, the artistic awakening, awakening inside that's you. That's right. And, and having the... The time. Yes, you? that's. I but think that's time is a crucial thing. That's right. Yeah. Right. I'm not yeah. too happy about that. I'll tell yeah. about it yeah. a bit. Yeah. And take my time. Yeah. Over it. Yeah. Just to make sure Phil, for instance, yeah. is happy with the result. Yeah. But I know that somehow or other, I've. You've uh, done your utmost. A bit of more. Self-satisfaction, yeah. shall we yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm achieving Creative more. control as well, feel, actually. A feeling you know. of achievement. Yeah. As much as but anything. creative control. So even when you are doing the, what I would say, more commercial work, which is like your commando mm-hmm. covers that mm-hmm. you're still doing, mm-hmm. that they know that you've done every single permutation of commando cover that there's probably ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're not going to be so prescriptive. Up to and including yeah. some dafty falling off a bike. Uh, yeah, and zombies. <laughs> and zombies, now, that's right. Yeah. But you know, they know they will go. That you'll bring something more to the table than what they will prescribe. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes there might be a specific thing they want to show, yes, but yes. then that you've still got the room to manoeuvre within that. Uh-huh. I think that's important. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're just yes, il- yes. if you're just illustrating all the time, if someone gives you a really detailed rough and you just got to go and illustrate that, when what's, yeah. what's the, where's the creative? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you've got to have your own voice. In that there, said, so. I do think even with the more workaday kind of work, you do try and find something that will spark you. Yeah, you will find, you have to find some enthusiasm. Exactly. Because you couldn't live with yourself really, I think, if you had to churn out dull work in a dull environment to a dull script to dull people do you know what I mean you yeah, would yeah. really really feel like you, would waste, you were yeah, wasting exactly. your time you find ways of making it interesting yeah you have to make it interesting yeah, to yourself and, that, and, yeah. you, and you do and you always do yeah, yeah, otherwise yeah. you don't keep doing it yeah, you know, yeah. Like that. that's right I don't know anyone who's that who's so workmanlike in the process no. that they kill it completely for, them, for themselves no. it, can, it can be a trap that you can fall into even yeah. like really good artists can fall into that trap of like a formula yeah that's right yeah that's right mm-hmm. or you're, you're overly prescriptive and uh, or you yeah you end up resorting to kind of cliche or formula or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. um, but you think, have to find a way to stay enthused yeah. basically right yeah how do you do that Ian? <laughs> how do you do that tell us how you do that because <laughs> I'm honestly I mean you know, you know you've, you've been doing this for over 70 this is now over 70 years now for you mm-hmm. this I mean what what is it that motivates you this what, what motivates you now? To the, to what, why, do you, why do you keep doing it? Why do you keep doing it? Well, I'll tell you just a wee story. Neil, we were out for dinner just the other week there. And, uh, of course, Gladys is always on about 
why don't you go in a packet in and let's have a bit more of a life together, etc., etc. <laughs> because, because Neil's retired, isn't he? That's why he's yeah. saying this. He's just yeah. retired. This is my son. Anyway. Your son's uh, retired? Yeah. He's just retired. 65. <laughs> anyway, um, he, he, he determined where well, we were. We were along the bridge, actually, mm-hmm. having dinner on the bridge. Anyway, uh, he sort of turned to me and he said, what are you going to do with the money anyway? <laughs> and uh, it sort of took me took me back sort of thing. I, I didn't quite answer it because I thought we could get in, we could end up with spoiling a rather nice meal by arguing. <laughs> I'll just give it a rest. It was only a day or two later I thought to myself, well, next time Neil's up from London, I'm going to tell him it's not the money I'm using. It's the sense of achievement. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. As much as anything. Yeah. You give me that brief. Yeah. That's what I've achieved. Yeah, yeah. And I'm happy with yeah, it. Yeah. If I'm happy with it, then that's good. Yeah, and I know it's not about the money. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Gladys uh, uh, said, I hope they're paying you for that. Yes. I said, well, I don't know what it is. She said, it'll not be enough. I said, well, it was ever thus. <laughs> I'd just like to put in the record that we are paying in for that. Come on. Good. <laughs> no, no. It's, no, there's this... We're lucky to be able to say that we we're earning enough to make a half decent. Yes. Yeah, we're yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. But, but having yeah, said yeah, that, yeah, having yeah, said yeah. that, Ian, when, when people are starting, when, when kids are starting out in this industry, there is a there is a undervaluing of it, which is a problem. I agree, and that's, that's right, that yeah. could be a problem because people will say, "I'll do this for nothing to get exposure yeah, or yeah. to get a name." Get the door. Yeah, yeah, and then publishers will take advantage of that because it's a very competitive market. The good publishers know? don't so no, much though, no, no. because there is reputation to be considered, and yeah. if it, if it comes out that a publisher is underpaying or not paying. They don't last. No, they, they it gets do, around. Word gets around. Tank. It's, a, yeah. it's still a relatively small industry is, where yeah. everyone knows everyone. And I think uh, my upbringing uh, was very, um, I think the word is parlous. We were very poor and we didn't necessarily know where money was going to come from. Yeah. So money was not a thing that was ever present and it would kind of flow in and there would kind of be times where it didn't flow in. Yeah. So for me... Um, having solid and consistent work, money is a motivating factor for me. I, I can't deny. I, I wish I could. There is well, always a sense of fulfilment. It's a way of making it. It is. That's right. You have to think about it in those terms as well. Yeah. Um, and now the way things work in my life is that um, my partner, she was the breadwinner for a while while I was getting established, and now I'm the breadwinner. She works part time. So I have to think quite carefully. I, I, I want to express myself artistically and I look for, full, for fulfilment in my work. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have to think about... I want there to be regular Yeah, you have to pay money. the bills. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that is important. And I, Some people could get too self-indulgent, actually, yeah. and it doesn't become commercial at all. And the point is then, well, who is your audience? Who is this for? Yeah. And that's fine up to a point. Yeah. But if you I do want, want to, to make work for somebody. Yeah. That's very important yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah. I wouldn't want to work in sort of splendid isolation to, say, then do to nobody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm not afraid that I do something and it goes in a cupboard and no one sees yeah, it. Yeah. That would be... Yeah. I'm a commercial artist. Yeah, exactly. 
And I don't just want to make money, I also want to be uh, loved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least slightly admired. I mean, it doesn't have to be... <laughs> tolerated. Yeah, yeah, tolerated would be fine, yeah, would be acceptable. Expressing it beautifully. Mm. I, can't, I can't express it boring. Mm. Uh, there has to be no, someone you, at the other the, end. You hit the nail on the head, yeah. as you see. Either applauding or booing, I don't really care, if I'm honest. I used to, when I started out, be very concerned about negative criticism and it just... And these days with the internet, negative criticism is so easy to find. Yeah, yeah, it really is very, yeah. it's just incredible. But then that could and really, it's, it's, if you focus on that, then it could destroy oh, you when, yes. when, you're, when you're starting out, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing now, Ian, I suppose. It's what you used to have when you were uh, in, in the early days of comics was the letters page. And you yeah. might get criticism yeah. on the letters page. What you have now is the internet yeah. and instant Dis- approval yeah. or disapproval yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know yeah. uh, whatever so uh, I started getting a perverse satisfaction though from annoying people I think you have to kind of you have to find a way to deal with negative criticism and I think one way is to sort of in some respects kind of um, enjoy it it's, it's on some level you know yeah. Yeah. I always feel as well though uh, if you're taking on a beloved property it's a poison chalice to some extent because and you would have had this with things like dare and dread that people have a very set idea in their head of how that character should look. Mm-hmm. They have their quintessential Judge Dredd. They have their quintessential Dan Dare or whoever. Yes. And I've done Judge Dredd. Uh-huh. And some people did not like my version of Judge you Dredd at all. And some people... Yeah, exactly right. But there were a lot of kind of purists who were like, well, it's not McMahon and it's not Gibbons and it's mm-hmm. not... Um, well, Gibbons wasn't really the Dredd, but it's not Bolland, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not meant to be. No, no. It had to be mine. It couldn't have been any of those exactly. other... Exactly, exactly, yes. Yeah. That was why, as I said earlier, I said that uh, my judge dread, as you see, it's my interpretation. Yeah. And when I, I got the OK from John... Uh, oh, well, that's I, as I, good I, as... That's, that's yeah. great. Uh, typically, John, of course, it was quite non-committal. He didn't, yeah. go, he didn't <laughs> go any further than to say, yeah. yeah. Okay. He didn't jump onto his and feet and just like, like yes, whoop, this is whoop. it. <laughs> didn't, didn't expect, this is what I've been waiting for. I didn't expect to see him jumping off his <laughs> no. chair. No, 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 no. no. You know? <laughs> so I, I, this is the definitive Judge Dredd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is there such a thing? That's the thing. Judge Dredd is interesting because everyone's got, a, obviously, you've got your interpretation of mm-hmm. Dan, you've got your interpretation. That's right. And then you see something like Brennan McCarthy's and it's got these yeah. very big flaring. But that's of, what's interesting yeah, about it. The helmet changes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's more. right. I must have drawn that helmet about five, five or six different ways over the course of the uh, issue. The issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would depend what mood I was in, you know. But that's the, I think that's the power of it in a way is that Judge Dredd as a character, if it was just one sole artist over the yeah. whole, it, it wouldn't be the same because no. each artist brings a different uh, look to the, the, the judge, but also to the city, that's right. also to the, the perps and the, yeah. you know, the, the, the citizens. That's and, right. Know, and that's what and I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. I, I, think. Yeah. I, I didn't see the film, but I've, mm-hmm. I've seen stills from it. Yeah. Which, which one? Uh, so, so, there's more than one. Yeah, there's it? two. There's yeah, there's two. two. There's a Stallone yeah. one. And, Stallone yeah, 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 yeah. Stallone is just yeah. not Judge Dredd, no. is he? No. He's absolutely But he kind of is. I'm quite defensive of that film because when 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 Judge Dredd first came on the scene, he did have sort of a Stallone-ish kind of 
jaw and uh-huh. and everything. Uh-huh. And he had a little bit of that, that kind of those kind of thick yeah. lips. That yeah. as long as he kept has. the helmet on, though. as long as he kept the helmet, that was really the crucial thing. Keep the helmet on. When he's got the helmet on, he is dread, and then when he takes it off, he's Sylvester Stallone. Unfortunately, that's only for five minutes. That's exactly right. He's not able to sneer enough. No, but then again, Carol Urban. But Carl Urban, who played him in the second film, 2011, doesn't have a chin. No, he has no chin at all. You know, and he exudes a niceness. That's the thing. Like I believe that Sylvester Stallone is a sort of. You'll have to edit all this out. Individual, I admire him greatly, but I think he might actually be mad, which is entirely correct. Whereas Carl Urban just seems like a really nice guy, and he exudes niceness from his from what little chin you see. It's a good film. It is. But it's, he's got a nice chin. They're two different, completely different films. Like, they really get are, yeah. things right. And get th- I mean, for, for me, the, the Stallone Dread film, Judge Dread film, gets Mega City 1 It right. really does. It really um, looks like the way... Um, Dread looks in the 1990s. Yeah, certainly. and like, I think that's and so like Kev Walker. It kind does, of yeah. Feel. I think he was one of the. He was actually yes. one of the concept yeah, yeah. artists on on that. In fact, one of my students was the set designer on it. Uh, she teaches on my animation master. Well, tell us a good film. Well, well, she was on. She was yeah. responsible for a lot of the set design. Yeah. So that was the good things, and yeah. she's actually got quite the floor plans. It from is the a set, smashing looking and film, and they made a lot of effort yeah. to make Mega City. One. Now, unfortunately, I think the new one. The 2012 dread didn't really get Mega City one no. right. It's just a city it's just anywhere. It's just a. It's yeah. like South Africa. That's where they shot yeah. it. Yeah. You know, uh, and they didn't have the vehicles and the, there wasn't that edge to it. But the story and the acting and the, the characterisation yeah. were, were sort of better. I'm going to have to get the videos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to just to satisfy myself Ooh. about these. But. I mean, we showed that in, in Dundee, you know. Yeah, I remember, I think yeah. You were there. Yeah, yeah, I and, did a little uh, chat after Yeah, yeah, and Colin McNeil, Colin McNeil oh, yes, hated Colin. it. He, Which one did he hate? He, he hated the, the new one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, in, was he yeah. up there, but he hated it. He said, that's not my dread, that's not yeah. my vision of dread that I have in my yeah. head when I draw it. And someone in the audience shouted, you're wrong. And, and there was a backlash because it was a very popular film. It was, it. that's right. Uh, it had a, there was a lot of um, fanaticism about that film, but they had yeah. finally got Dread right. And it's yeah. like, well, they kind of haven't. He's right, and everything Everyone else is wrong. Yeah. And in the, in the 1996 Dread, the world is right, and <laughs> yeah. Dread is wrong. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's, it's all, it's two halves of something that almost works. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not quite there, you know. But that's interesting because they are making a TV series out of uh, Dread uh, Rebellion. Well, uh, it's early stages of, of the production, um, but there is a script, and uh, and they are pitching this show as a, as more of a Dread World show than than about Dread himself. Yeah. So it's about the city. It's about the the, the characters in that city. Other judges and Dread will occasionally pop Turn in. Up. Yeah. You know, uh, which could work. Or, but it needs a budget. It, it does a, need a budget. It needs a big, it needs a big yeah. budget, and it also needs it will need us backing up one of the big studios or yeah. someone like Netflix or whoever that yeah. is or Amazon Prime to make that work. Yeah. You know, so it's an ambitious plan, but it yeah. is being spoken about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, but this is an interesting thing though, actually. So we've got all these artists working in different places in the world. And you never really meet each other, and you and you never meet really meet the artists, no. uh, the, the writers as well. You don't meet the yeah, writers, so. Well, you've eaten down. And, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. So, that's what do you why think? I wanted to try and get. Yeah, yeah. It was like a lead balloon, wasn't it? Nobody else wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
Mark, I'm astonished this has happened. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm persona non grata. Maybe it's, maybe it's both of us. Maybe everyone knows that you should just shun comics artists as much as possible because they're basically no good. I, I thought you know. like a Bon De Niro and all the rest. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is, Ian, it's time is money, isn't it? So That's we're right. doing this on a Thursday. Well, yeah. Uh, actually, you know. I really shouldn't be here. I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am skiving yeah, off yeah, my work. Yeah, exactly. Nick, Nick and uh, Emma... Um, can't remember her surname. It starts with a V. Oh, uh, uh, yes, she, she. She lives down in Cambridge. Yes, yes. Anyway, they were uh, up at. We served on a panel. Yes. Last weekend. Yeah. And we had a smashing panel, a smashing repartee between the three of us. We had a very good. Can't remember the name of the guy who was uh, in charge, but anyway, we had a smashing panel, and uh, afterwards we had a, a really good get together and chat. I said. We should do this more often. Whenever we know we're going to meet yeah. mm. at, at a con somewhere, we should see each other, right, we're going to see you the night before or the yeah. night after, have dinner and have a chat. A, a lot of so comic they're, artists they're are very... Be, they're both going to be at the balloon, uh, the bubble. The bubble, yeah. So, uh, are you going there? I am, yes. Good lad. Yeah. Um, so can, uh, we can all sit and have a wee That sounds nice, chat. absolutely. But the thing is, I, I do think they're quite the comic artist is quite a shy individual and has to be kind of coaxed out of their hole yeah. you know away from the drawing board oh yeah it's great when you get them out yes that's terrific yeah, yeah. I was right. you know I felt nervous about coming this to this and I've met you both no I'd be nervous about me doesn't Emma, yeah. <laughs> Emma's quite a character yeah now she's done a lot of work. She's done work for. Um, she's got a kind of manga esque style. What's her surname? Um, Vichelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Vichelli. Yeah. yeah. She's, like so she's done. A, she's got a very distinctive style, and I think mm. she's done stuff for. She's done stuff for American comics as well. Yeah. Like IDW maybe. Or, uh, I know exactly who it is. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. But she doesn't come up to Scottish cons no. that often. That's the thing as well. So you tend to have people. Um, you tend to have people. You know, uh, who do the same sort of cons and, and mm. you see the same people. I do. I'm, you know? I've been guilty of that. I would yeah. probably bounce between something in Dundee and Glasgow and Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe but, venture but, south to go to Thought Bubble. But and then, that's see, Thought Bubble is yeah. the best one, really, yeah. ultimately. And the thing is, yeah. it, again, it's down to time. So if you go yeah. as a professional artist to a Comic Con in another city, yeah. That wipes out a day either side of that. That's right. And yeah. that's two days lost at least. That's right. And then it can cost you if you're not getting that's paid right. for. That's mm-hmm. right. And it'll cost you money just in the sense of getting there. Yeah. And then yeah. And also you're going away for a weekend to work. Yeah, yeah, I do. As and well. we, and I know that, but yeah. we were beside each other again. at Glasgow. Yeah. And you didn't it's stop easier going going up the whole day. Yeah. You know, and that's hard. And I was banking Special. on the second day, the Sunday being a lot quieter and it yeah. was a lot quieter because it was on the second day <laughs> so it was pretty much as quiet that as you could was... hope for really. and I think I do remember you were telling people to come back come back only, only one guy got caught out with it and I actually had done his drawing um, but he never got it because right. there was no Sunday and I was like I'm really sorry <laughs> maybe you should tell them that more often when you can't yeah, come, why don't you come back tomorrow I'll tell you what come back on Monday yeah. it's a three day event then but Ian, you've been doing a lot of commissions as well these days, haven't you? I mean, that's been an- another big change. Is that, I mean, the first Comic Con you went to was when we went down to Birmingham, probably about that's five, six years ago now. Five years ago. I think it's longer than that, actually. Was it? Jeez. Uh, yes. But that was your first ever Comic Con yeah, at, uh, what, let's just say, a, a slightly later uh, age than most people would yeah, do. That was your first ever? Yeah. Wow. Well, that was my first ever. It's probably getting nearer 10. 
it's, it's getting there. You're right, yeah, actually. Yeah, which yeah. is frightening. Let's, yeah. let's not think about that. But um, so, I yeah. met Calm for the first time in 2007. Right. Okay. When we when we heard that in Dundee, yeah, the, the yeah, Dundee. yes, yes, that's right. I actually I had the Christoph. pleasure of introducing Ian to Calm. Well, there you go. His, 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 his younger son. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, a pleasant uh, wee interlude. I'm in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl uh, gave me warning. He said, "Look, my nephew Josh wants to come and I've come and meet you and have okay. a word. He's keen to be a scriptwriter, right, writer, okay. writer. Oh, and, he wants, <laughs> uh, and he wants to know about the sorts of things that artists." Uh, look for in a good script writer and what a good script Ooh. is to an yeah. artist. Short so descriptions yeah. <laughs> and, uh, short, you know. Short and simple. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, uh, young lady came over but I suppose Josh will be in his early 20s, something mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, he came across and we had a, a good wee chat. But it was very difficult as an artist. Yes. Uh, the question being, what, do you, what, do what, you what kind of writing for, do you want to see? Yeah. As a, as a writer. So I, I ended up really telling that obviously right at the top of the list is simplicity. That's right, yeah. yeah. You get yourself a, you know, construct a nice, a good story. Yes. Keep it nice and simple. Clarity. Uh-huh. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, very few panels per page, ideally. Mm-hmm. A lot of just headshots. <laughs> no, don't worry about things like setting the scene or yes. no, no horses, no cars, no buildings, no, no crowds. No horses. No horses. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, they've got hooves. <laughs> okay. Great. Thanks very much, guys, for uh, for for, That's all right. for uh, chatting away tonight. Yeah, well, I think. Pretty much going to be unfiltered. Don't tell me. That's all right. Yeah. You didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's okay. We'll uh, edit out this the good bits. It's all on the record. It's fine. It's all right. good. Dear, dear, yeah. Sponsored by GetMyComics.com. Comic Scene is available monthly from WH Smiths and all good comics retailers. Join us next month for another episode of Comic Scene, the podcast.